Welcome back to The Bunt, the number one podcast in skateboarding, brought to you by the number one shoe in skateboarding. What the hell are you wearing? Boo-foo. Boo-foo. By us. Fuck you. Get up. Out, 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 out. Fans. Off the wall since 1960, motherfucking six. <laughs> And now, live from Studio E, The Bunt with Safer and Donovan. Welcome to episode two. I'm D Jones. I got my main man, the ghost, with me. As always, we got Ants one behind the scenes. It's a cool thing. Ghost, tell them what we got cooking this week. This week, what's cooking is one of the most productive skaters of all time. You know what I'm saying? He dropping clips left, right, and center, parts left, right, and center. It don't get much more productive than Mr. John D'Lo himself. You get me. And we taking y'all straight to the post office and wrapping it up with some uh, fantasy football position previews. You dig? Man, can you imagine how far along the Bunt video would be if we were anywhere close to as productive as Mr. D'Lo? Uh, we'd, we'd have two to three videos. Yeah, so I was going to say, we'd be on volume three. <laughs> Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at the Bunt Live. Subscribe to us on YouTube at the Bunt Live. Slide over to our Patreon, patreon.com slash the Bunt. And as always... Antoine hates it when I use that saying, but we got to do it. Head over to thebuntlive.com. Every episode logged for your listening pleasure. Ghost, we're doing a little bit different this season. It's the ghost shout out of the week, but it's brought to you by who? Brought to you by Parade World. As y'all know, they've been hooking up the fat boxes to Studio E, but Parade World is for the people just like the bunt, and they want to hook you up with a box. In what might be the easiest contest in bunt history, make sure you don't miss out. All you gotta do is follow at Parade World on Instagram, send them a DM with your name and email, and they'll pick a winner at random who's getting a box. Contest closes next week, Wednesday the 8th, right before our third show hits the air, so don't sleep. Parade World, baby. This week, it's none other than bunt alum. Will Marshall himself. Did you see his Quarter Snacks remix? Mm-hmm. Bruh, the little homie's got all his best clips from the last couple years in one place. Uh, it was a joy to watch Will doing it big in the streets. Deggy, respect. He gonna be up in that bump video. Yeah, he better. He, <laughs> he better be filming some bangers right now. Shit. He might have guessed last trick in my part because I don't think I'm capable of a last trick anymore. So like we said, we got John Dio in the building. Mr. Productivity, the ghost said it all in the intro. We don't have to say anymore. Let's get into it. But first, we got a place in order, man. We need some pizza up in Studio We, You can order online or using the Maker app available on iTunes or Android or head in store. Downtown 
Queen Spadina, Uptown, Avenue Road in Lawrence, and now in the East End, baby, Gerard and Carla, the ghost is moving in. Tell me what we eating, man. Bro, I'm trying to be on that health tip, so I'm going with a cool hand, Zook, a.k.a. Zucchini. You already know how we do. Maybe some water on the side. And uh, I heard they got salads in the East End, so you know what time it is. Maddie, tell them what you get when you order Maker Pizza. This is literally the best pizza in the world. Let's get into the interview, man. All right, y'all, we got John Delo in the building today. What's cracking, man? What up? What up? How y'all doing? Chilling, man. Chilling. So if you listen to the pod, you know we start every show off the same. Hit us with your favorite skate moment and your favorite sports moment. Fuck, my favorite skate moment, dude. It's probably when Luis and these dudes called me to like skate for almost because I was just tripping. I was 25 years old and it was just, it was crazy watching all my friends, you know, amount to crazy levels and watch them grow from all of us sharing this house and living in the living room together to just you know like seeing it unfold for everybody and then uh feeling like oh okay like you know it just might not be what happens for me and it's all good and then I remember being on the phone with uh Luis is the brand manager of Almost and when he called me and I was standing in my living room I was like this is what happens to people when it works (laughs) This is crazy. Like, it was so crazy. I hung up and I was just like, whoa, dude, like, I'm getting a chance at this. So it was like skateboarding gifting me after, you know, like skateboarding owes no one anything. But I just remember being so like, whoa, I've given so much to skateboarding with nothing expected. And this is like a gift skateboarding's giving me. And I didn't expect it at all at that time in my life, you know. That's got to feel nice. Yeah, it was pretty crazy. Favorite sports moment. I don't, dude, I'm not even a sports person, really. But uh, I, I remember the first thing that comes into my mind, I remember uh, my mom used to make me play basketball when I was a kid. Sick. And I, was, I wasn't into it. I just didn't like the coach. The coach, like, his kid was on the, on the team, so he was, like, playing favorites, you know? And I was like, bro, fuck this Classic. dude, you know? And uh, <laughs> I would always tell my mom, too. I'm like, fuck that. I don't want to go. I don't want to go. But one game... There was one game I played and I fucking like made a three or something. And I was like, what? <laughs> like, and I didn't even think anything. I was like, whoa, like I did something, you know? I was like, whoa, epic. And then uh, at the end of the whole season, I was super young, dude. I was probably like 11 or maybe even 10. But at the end of the whole thing, it was like all the kids that didn't make a shot the whole season, they just like in front of everybody, not even in the middle of the game, they just all like made three, like, free throws you know and like everybody was like clapping and cheering because they was like their way of being like oh these kids just didn't even really get to play at all Damn. so i was so hyped i was like yeah i fucking did it i didn't even need to do that like i didn't get the, the pity <laughs> free throw you know what i'm saying so oh shit. wow that's my only sports moment in my whole life probably that's what's up banging a three so take us back to the beginning in terms of skating where'd you grow up and how'd you get into skating i grew up I was born in Brooklyn, New York, and uh, I didn't. I moved to Florida when when I was like three, so I didn't find skating until um, until I was like ten. And the earliest 
memory I have of skating and how I even got into it was uh, the way my mom always was, was if I got two other brothers, so, and we were all pretty close in age, so she always treated situations, if my brothers wanted something, she wanted all of us to have something, if it were like, oh, my little brother wanted a scooter, we all got scooter, or, you know, it was, she wasn't going to just gift one mm-hmm. or the other, so I remember one time, it was like around Easter time or something, and she was like, we're all, we're, you guys are all going to get skateboards, and I was like, what skateboards like, I wasn't even interested at all like my brother was the one that was like I want a skateboard because like Tony Hawk video games or something <laughs> I was like what and then uh we went to this like surf shop and I got a skateboard and I remember like I don't know I, I didn't even think much of it to be honest I remember being like oh like this is something it's cool but uh I ended up I had a skateboard but I didn't really use it and then I think that year of school like I, I made a friend who also skated this kid Sean, shout out Sean Murphy, if you're listening. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he don't skate no more, but he was just this kid I was friends with, and he was like, oh, like, you got a skateboard, I skateboard. And I was like, oh, really? Like, you know what? And then we'd, it was just a reason to bring us, like, oh, let's hang out and skateboard. And then uh, mm-hmm. ended up getting so much more into it just through, like, learning about things from him. And uh, he was friends with older kids, so, like, there was older kids we would skate with, and, like, I had this longer driveway at our house so everybody wanted to come to my house and skateboard because i had the concrete you know and uh my brother ended up not even really skating at all it was just mostly me and because i had friends that just by coincidence like had skateboards too so then uh went from that to that friend my friend sean moved away when i was probably like 12 so maybe like two years after and then i just kept skating on my own skating in my driveway for a long time my dad would always be like you want to go to the skate park? Like, I'll take you to the skate park. And I was so intimidated. I had this envision in my mind of, like, older kids just, like, making fun of me and bullying me and all this, you know? <laughs> and uh, I was like, no, no, I'm, like, too scared, whatever. And then uh, I remember when I finally caved to go to the skate park. It's uh, it's the, the skate park. I'm sure you guys have seen videos of Zion Skate there. It's, like, this big concrete place with, like, a big bowl and stuff. But uh, when I went there... I remember kids were tripping on me because I could like pop and like do tricks and kids were like dropping in and stuff. I was like, oh, fuck no, I can't drop in, you know? Like kids my age were like, what? You can like Smith grind this ledge? I'm like, <laughs> I mean, what? Like, cause I had like a little box at my house and I, I just learned how to skate in my driveway, you know? So yeah. kids, it was just weird seeing the dynamic. I remember being like, what? You can't like ollie onto this? Like, what do you mean? <laughs> like, I, it didn't make sense to me, but they were all like flying out of quarter pipes. I was like, whoa how are you guys doing that like so there was just this missing like thing because i never went to skate parks like learning so just a different skill set yeah yeah for sure i just uh found what i found and then others did what they did and uh i also remember this specific memory i had that that same kid sean within those first two years of skating i like learned to kickflip or whatever and you know like going through the motions when you first start skating you're like yeah i did a kickflip whatever but this kid was always a little bit better. He was always better than me, and sometimes he would like put me down because of it. And uh, oh, hell it, it was like you know just little kid <laughs> shit. But it was always like, oh, you can do that. Yeah, I can like, I can like tray flip. You know, like just like that. <laughs> so you're just like he would always take the the W I would get and just make it seem less cool. And I'm like, damn, bro. Oh. Like, it was one of those things where I was like, damn, like how do I like what do I do? Like what can I do that he can't do, or what can I do that would make me feel good about myself skateboarding? And this one particular day, I remember he came to my house and we were watching uh, 
skateboard videos like on YouTube and he was like, you know what switch skating is? And I was like, nah, what? And he was just like, it's so like, you're this stance, like you skate the other stance and you do tricks and like pros do it and stuff. I was like, for real? Like what? Pros and uh, yeah, and we, he was like, I was like, you can't do trick switch or whatever. And he's like, nah. And I was like, all right, we're going outside and we're doing that right now. Cause neither of us know how to do it. And that, you know, like in, to my mind, it was yeah. like, oh, we're both just like equal at this. So let's do this. We, I had this like, like this driveway that kind of like, spiraled around and we both started in the center of my driveway and we were both trying to do switch flips like the whole day and dude i fucking did one and he was trying like he was going the other direction i was going this direction and i fucking did one and he was like no you didn't there's no way you did it i was like bro i swear on my life i did it and he was like no you didn't and i kept like putting one foot putting one foot i was like dude i just did it i'm not kidding and seriously from then forward it was like i was able to do those like a kickflip and a switch flip like that was like when I learned to skate, it was, it was this weird chance of like, all right, this, I just wanted to do something that he couldn't. And then it drove me to doing this. <laughs> and then later in life, I just was switch ollie and stuff. You know, I would ollie stuff, switch ollie stuff. And people were like, what, what are you like a 10 year old little kid skating like this to people was like weird, especially at that time, you know? I was going to say your boy Sean's probably proud of you now, but maybe not. Maybe he'd just be jealous, for fuck's sake. Dude, man. nah, he's, he's cool, man. I, I ran into him in, uh, in Oregon one time on a trip, and we, it was trippy as fuck, you know? It's trippy seeing somebody, like, a cool fuck, like, 10, 15 years after, you know, seeing him the last time. It's, like, super trippy because there's the similarities, but you're just like, whoa, man. Like, nah, he's cool, dude. He's reached out to me on Instagram and stuff, too, like... That's nah, he's dope. a rad dude, but it's probably trippy from his point of view, too. Yeah. So, John, what would you consider your first big break in the skate industry? I'd say there's kind of two moments that I feel were big breaks for me. And uh, one was, like, Venture gave me an ad in Thrasher when I really didn't have Ooh. any sponsors at all. I got I switch-heeled over um, the rail at Rincon, um, and I remember... I hadn't been getting trucks very long. I skated for Spitfire and Venture, and I think maybe, I think I might have had Adidas at that time, but uh, I didn't really have like solid, I didn't have like, I wasn't on a board company. I didn't have like a solid anything going on, but I remember sending this photo to these dudes and they were like, oh yeah, we're gonna use that as an ad. And I was like, like in Thrasher? Like I'm gonna be in Thrasher. And to me it was, it was so trippy. And then just to have like a spread too. It wasn't even just like a little like a little photo. It was like the whole thing, my name. I was like, whoa, dude, this is crazy. And they were like the first people to put me on for real. Like after doing that, I was like, whoa, dude, like thanks. Like that's crazy. You know, people don't know who I am. There's no reason for there to be a huge spread and thrasher of me, you know? <laughs> so and then that turned into I had a thrasher part after it like coincided. So I was like, dude, this is crazy. And then so that was kind of my my first kind of like on the scene moment but then my real breakthrough i would say the one that changed everything for me was jamie inviting me on his sodi trip oh yeah that's big yeah that one was kind of like it really forced um it like forced myself in the the like attention you know like it made everybody kind of put eyes on the situation and it was myself pedro and ish were the ones that went that weren't really known and mm-hmm. each of us kind of found our own avenues after that, you know, shortly after things kind of snowballed. Oh, those are some serious welcome moments that switch you. Yeah. I mean, it was, yeah, I don't know, man. I was just in San Diego. Like I lived there for 
like a year and a half and I was just skating and you know there's a point where you're skating your your hardest and you kind of you just don't know what to expect anymore because you're just like you know there's pros there's a point where you feel like you're doing stuff that others are doing like on a pro level or whatever but you don't really you're not like oh I should be getting you're just like (laughs) maybe some you know maybe like somebody will do something with this photo or that's kind of where I was at and I was just like it's worth a shot sending it to them and seeing what's up tougher than ever these days as far as like skill versus like how much you can get back for your skill because everyone's super skilled but yeah that switch heel is definitely crazy you're a low-key impact god (laughs) thanks dude from the outside looking in you're a footage machine with no shortage of full parts out there some of your earliest work being put on display in the florida days videos what motivated you and your squad to get out of the skate parks and in the streets like that back then? Um, what motivated us for sure was uh, these uh, early videos of crews before us, um, like Skate FL. It was the first local skate video I saw, and on it, it might have even been like the first like DVD skate video I ever held in my hands, and was like, whoa, you know, like a people I know made this, and it was Brad Cromer's crew. Mm-hmm. If I think you guys you guys had him on here before, right? So you guys might have heard a bit about yeah. Skate FL, but um, it's just his crew of homies. When I when I was in maybe like sixth or seventh grade, like beginning of middle school, I remember there was a premiere for this video, and all my friends went, and I didn't even know what that meant. And they're like, "Dude, look, there's this video." And we, I remember watching it, and it was just like video parts, like full parts, and like the music was crazy, and it was like Manny Santiago was in it. Dave Bachinski was in it, like <laughs> yeah. Brad Cromer. Um, there was just tons of like local dudes that I'd seen it. Cake in yeah. his face. I was. Don't crack me up. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we we saw that video and we were like, oh my god, this is what you do as skateboarders. You go out and you use generators and lights and you light up spots and you just skate with your friends and film the best tricks you can do, you know. And uh, now that video inspired my friend group as well as like i swear all of the south florida area for sure yeah dude it was super cool the skate scene was booming where i grew up did its job for sure so you wrote for almost back in the day but they never gave you the bump when you were a young jedi in the game what happened there and what was the game plan after that dude yeah it's super funny i like uh i got flowed through i don't it was like my first real team manager hookup james craig hit me up, asked if I wanted boards, and I was like, yeah, you know, like, and I loved almost since I was a little kid, round three was one of the first skate videos I owned. I just remember, you know, they, I was a kid in Florida, you know, it was just like, hey, you know, you're just, you're pretty good, and this was when I lived in Florida, it was just before I got out to LA that uh, I was riding for almost, and uh, I think maybe James, I don't remember if it was when James got let go or something, no, it was before he got let go because I vocalized to him I wanted to skate for Cliché. And he was like, uh, no, I don't think, like, we can do that. But, like, he was telling me, oh, I don't know if, like, Almost is really going to do anything with you, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, all right, well, if I'm not going to get on Almost, which I didn't think I was going to because Almost, to me, always had, like, a superstar team. Like, I didn't think it was anything to do with my skating. I just thought they were, like, you know, it was day one song, Chris Haslam, like, I'm like, dude, it's like all-star lineup. And cliche was more what I liked. It was just like skaters, skaters, you know? 
And uh, I, <laughs> I actually, I quit. I just told James, like, I was like, I'll figure something out, man. Thanks for the boards, you know? And uh, yeah. I started putting footage together, going to skate shops and getting cliche boards myself, skating them. And there was this one night in particular, I was like rifling off random emails trying to get a hold of somebody at cliche i was like i just want to answer from these people like if james is going to tell me no i want to know from the people that run the brand no yeah so i was like all right i'm i put footy together and i would just fire off emails like with this footy link and then uh i remember waking up one morning to a reply from this dude jeremy uh doc Doclin, Doslin. i don't know the oh, correct yeah. pronunciation of his name but he he owned and ran cliche and uh he hit me back and i remember we were going back and forth for a while i would send him footage i was like oh well now i have this dude's contact i'm just gonna like annoy the shit out of him basically (laughs) but uh in classic little you know in like a a kid way he was just like all right here 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 and uh eventually maybe like two or three email threads later i he he cc'd in james and was just like hey can we get this kid boards like <laughs> he's been oh, sending me footage shit. every two weeks dude or you know whatever was going on and james I, it was super funny because i i mean james is my boy now and like at that time i didn't really know him but back then i'm sure he was just like well whatever kid here like you know you you did this on <laughs> this you, fucking you, kid went over my head man <laughs> yeah so it, i skated for cliche until it went out of business is what happened like that's where i was and i was just on flow you know but i love that brand like i love everything about that brand but uh that was kind of dude yeah they're they were the shit that's so sick king of the county ain't the type to take that personal that you went over his head he was probably hyped for you <laughs> yeah you know like I, I mean i don't blame him but i was like you know i gotta know for myself if this is possible yeah. or not you know and that's kind of just the way i've always been is i'm I don't know. I'm persistent with things I want to make happen or whatever, and I'll get to the bottom of it. I like that. In the intro to, I believe, your Florida Days 2 part, it looked like you knocked yourself out trying to nollie frontside flip. One of those famous covered nine sets, I think, in California. I don't know the stair count, but what was the aftermath of that scary bell? Do you remember? You get knocked out, get a concussion. That looked fucking horrible. I, yeah, I... I think that's in like Laguna or something. I've actually been back there in the recent time, but uh, I've never, it's a nine stair. I was like not trying to skate it like recently, but yeah, that was out here visiting. I was, that was like my first time ever in California. And uh, I remember I was skating with, I was like, my friend tried, I think a half cab or something. And I was like, oh, I got your back. And I just remember catching this, this Nollie frontside flip like super primo. And in my mind thinking, uh, I might like it'd be worse if I bail. Like that was the the quick flash in my mind was like, eh, like you're you're worse off if you bail. And then mm-hmm. I remember waking like in and out of consciousness, just dozing in and out, like freaking out about my neck. I was like, what 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 is this on me? Like, and somebody would tell me it was like echoing in my mind. They're like, you hit your head skateboarding. You fell and hit your head skateboarding. And then I would kind of doze off again, and then I would come back and be like, dude, what is this thing on my neck? And I was in a stretcher. Oh, wow. I was, like, in an ambulance, like, with this, like, neck brace. And I was just not all there. And um, these, yeah, these people just were probably so annoyed with me. Like, dude, you fell and hit your head skateboarding. But uh, we got to the hospital, and um, I remember 
I think my friend had showed one of the paramedics like the footage of what happened and how yeah. gnarly the seizure was because there's like he kept filming like the footage is crazy like my friend was like cradling me like a baby like crying like thinking I was gonna die and I'm like I wasn't even you know I wasn't there for any of it so I'm just like what but they showed the, the paramedics or the doctors the, the footage of me hitting my head and the seizure and then they were like oh you need to stay here like for a couple days and they need to like make sure your brain's like you know not you're not internally bleeding and like you're all good so I remember yeah. staying in the hospital for like two nights or something and each morning they would ask me like what my name was what day it was what year it was like mm -hmm. simple math mm -hmm. stuff and I, I was I was like 18 at the time I was super irritated I was like dude I only got like a couple days left in California can I just like can you guys just let me out <laughs> and uh <laughs> they uh you know, everybody was super scared for me. Like all of my friends that witnessed it were super scared for me. But from my point of view, I just like blinked and I was in a, I was in a yeah. fucking ambulance, you know? Yeah. And, uh, wow. so I just sort of, they let me out two days later and, um, the, the opening clip in Florida days in that video part, I kicked up over that rail in Long Beach. And the <laughs> significance of that is that's the day they let me out. Oh so my God. I, I had the hospital band on. So we, we kind of, people that knew it was like, okay, from me hitting my head to this crazy ordeal. And then like that opening clip of me kick flipping is me, the, the first time I skated out of the hospital and it was like two days later and I kick flipped over that wow. rail and like all my friends were like, dude, please just don't. And they told me, I think they were like, you might not want to do anything active <laughs> for like six weeks. Like the doctors I was like, bro, I got like, I got like a week left here. Like you guys got me fucked up. So I just kept wow, skating. Man. I was like, whatever, dude. I just kept skating. And, like, all my friends were so upset with me. But I was like, dude, I mean, I was a kid. I was, like, 18 and just so fired up. And it was just, you know, like. Yeah. Well, I, I hope you're, you're never in that situation again. But I hope that if you were to be, you would fucking not go crazy and <laughs> risk it again. Because you only got one well, brain, man. Yeah, no, It makes sense sure. that his friends were more worried than he was. Because his friends saw yeah. all the, like. The gruesome parts of it man and you you lived it but like you said half the time you weren't even you didn't even know what was going on yeah i was really like i don't know i was probably saying some dumb shit too i was probably like well whatever if it happens again i won't be there again so i was like <laughs> you know oh I was, my god i don't know i was i'm fucking that ain't gonna help your your concerns nah, sure. man no nah, for sure man i don't know for the head. doctors so things came full circle and you got back on almost can you tell us how that came about and then tell us your pro story and how a cat was randomly involved? <laughs> yeah. Um, so I was, I was floating for a while after cliche. There was, um, there's a couple like instances of, I was getting boards here and there, but for the most part it was, it was just homie hookups and Jamie hadn't like, helped me with death wish boards at that time like when we went on the sodi trip i had a bunch of death wish boards and then i think maybe i filmed some stuff shortly after and i was riding death wish boards and i remember there was people speculating like oh i'm getting on death wish but it was i mean jamie jamie was just looking out for me you know and like all those mm -hmm. dudes i knew over there i skate for shake giant and they they weren't just going to turn their back and be like oh like you know they wanted they wanted me to be able to skate and so they would help me with boards but uh I remember, um, I remember going to an Adidas uh, shoe release party in LA, 
I randomly got invited and I, I don't really go out for anything to be honest like I don't go to stuff like that but in this specific instance I was like you know what maybe these dudes invited me maybe I should go and it was the day I had a, a video part come out on Thrasher and uh, I remember thinking like I was hesitating I was like dude this is kind of weird I don't want to be like confronted about this like yeah I don't know I was just it's one of those things like you don't really I don't know I didn't know how to handle myself in those in that instance <laughs> so I was like all right whatever they invited me I'm just gonna go and I went and uh Kyle Foster I'm sure you guys know he worked at Adidas for mm-hmm. a handful of years and uh yeah he noticed that I had a part come out that day um that, like nobody else really mentioned anything but Cairo did and I was like oh yeah I did blah blah, blah. and we started talking a bit and then uh, he was like, who do you get boards from? And I was like, oh, um, I just, you know, they just help me with boards. It's like, you know, Jamie, I'm friends with Jamie. I just ride Deathfish boards. And then he was like, dude, you know, I could like, I could talk to Louie and see what's up over there. I don't really know the situation, but I could see what's up. And I was like, damn, really, you know, like what? And then uh, I didn't really think much of it because, you know, people, people say stuff you know people will just be like yeah i can see what's up you know and i don't you don't yeah, really have to in most sure. instance yeah so i remember maybe like a week passed and uh i ended up hearing back from louis and i was like whoa and uh he gave me his phone number and he was like yeah let's talk blah 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 and i was like whoa cool and so i remember getting in conversation with him and uh started getting some boards and i was like oh cool man like i ended up you know going to san jose uh and spending time with Ben Ramers and some of those guys. And like, I got to know those dudes and it, it was super cool. Um, and there was this point where Burnett hit me up and he was like, hey, I wanna do, uh, I wanna give you like a heads interview in Thrasher. And I was like, what, wait, for real? And he's like, yeah, you got these photos. Like people have been showing me these photos. Uh, I think it'd be cool. Let me know if you wanna do it or who you'd wanna do the interview with. And I was like, damn dude, like, in my mind, I'm like, I'm not even, like, an M or anything. I'm not, like, sponsored. I'm just, like, <laughs> a kid. So I didn't think that really happened. So I remember telling him, I was like, it'd be cool to do the interview with Louie. We kind of just met, and, like, he's been giving me some boards. And he was like, all right, yeah, like, talk to him. So I remember texting or calling him or something, and I was like, hey, uh, I just, Burnett hit me up. He wants to do an interview with me. And uh, I remember Louie was like, an interview like in the mag and I was like yeah like a heads interview and he was like all right uh let me call you right back and he hung up and he called me back and he was like dude I just had to like you know I he's like sorry I second guessed you but I had to like just check with Burnett like that because he's like dude, you know we we like he's like we really work to like you know get our dudes in the mag and like you're doing all this on your own like he's like this is kind of it's kind of getting to the point where we need to be able to do something for you and I was like I mean I don't know, man. I'm just, this opportunity just kind of fell on my lap. I'm, I, I'm just making the best of what situation I got, you know? And uh, mm-hmm. he was like, can we touch base on this? Like tomorrow, uh, I, I want to bring some stuff up to, you know, these dudes at Dwindle. And like, you know, he's like, I just think we should be able to offer something for you if, um, if you're going to be, you know, doing this kind of stuff. And I was like, that, I mean, yeah, whatever, whatever you think is best, you know? And... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, cause I, dude, I didn't That's know how funny. to handle it. I was like, what am I going to say? Like, yeah, put me on enjoyer. You know what I mean? Like, what am I going to, I'm like, dude, I don't like, it's cool. All of this is just cool. Skateboarding, like all these opportunities being thrown my way were like trippy for me. 
because I knew where I, I knew my position, you know? I was like, I just yeah. get boards. I'm just like kind of floating. <laughs> so he ended up hitting me back the next day and was like, hey, so let me know when you can get on the phone. I got to talk to you about some stuff. And I was like, all right. He called me and he was like, all right, so here's like the situation. Um, pretty much they're like, we're in a situation where we're not really able to add anybody like soon, but he's like, these dudes are almost really want you a part of what they're doing. And I was like, I was super taken back. I was like, these dudes are almost like, who do I know at almost? And I was thinking, I was like, I don't know any of those guys. And he was like, yeah, like, I guess Eunice is, you know, he's super picky and like, he really likes you and he really likes your skating. And I was like, just tripping. Cause uh, dude, Eunice has been one of my favorite skaters since, since I'd ever known who he was. And I was just like, what the fuck dude? And I, I was just super taken back by it. And I didn't really know what to say. He was like, if you need to think about it, like, let me know. He's like, I'm not pushing you away. Just know like, this is an opportunity. And I really think this would be what, what could be best for you. I could put you in contact with them and they'll, they'll give you the rundown, you know? And I was like, fuck man. Like I was kind of tripping. And I think I waited like a day. I think I talked to my friends about it. I talked to Jamie, I talked to everybody. And I was like, I don't know what to do, but like, this is crazy, you know? And uh, <laughs> it was right when, it was right when day one had left too. So I think I had a bit of like, all right, mm. like what, what's happening here? You know, like I was kind of a bit, yeah. I was kind of a bit like s- skeptical, but uh, I remember telling Louie like, yeah, dude, like, I think I'm down. Like, I, you know, I'm into this. And he was like, all right, cool. I'm going to like get these dudes your contact and like, you know, just, just keep a lookout. They're going to be reaching out to you. And I was like, all right, cool. And this was the call I, re- I was talking about earlier. I remember standing in my living room alone and like my phone rings and it was Luis. And I was like, oh, like, you know, they, I was like, oh, Luis, right. This dude's reaching out to me. So when I answered and he was, he gave me the breakdown and it was up until that point, there was a lot of conversations I'd had with team managers. You know, at that point I was 25 years old. I've been sponsored, like just flow for maybe from like 18 till that point. And uh, mm-hmm. it, I was so used to the conversation just being like, dude, you're sick. You're doing like blah, blah, blah. Like, it's cool what you're doing, but like, we can just give you some boards or like, you know, we can just like, we can just give you some stuff. There was always that. That was always where a conversation went. So I just got so, it was normal to me. And when Luis got on the phone with me, he was like, yeah, dude, like no flow bullshit. Like Eunice wants you on right now and we're gonna do this and like, we got Max. This is before Max was publicly on. This was when Max was kind of still like behind the scenes on almost. And I was like, whoa, that dude's on almost. And I, he came from cliche and I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like this changes my view on all of this. And I was like, I fucking love that dude. I love Eunice. Yeah. Yuri's a fucking G. I'm like, all right, yeah, like I'm sold. Like you just told me that. I was like, yeah, all right, we're on, whatever. And he was like, yeah, no flow bullshit. Like we're just going to make this happen. Like Eunice really wants you on. Like it's really just... It's that, it's that simple. Like, we're just going to make this happen. And I was like, so taken back. Cause like I said, I was just used to, yeah, we'll get you some boards and eh, like, you know, whatever. So in this case, I was like, holy shit, this is really how it goes down. Like fools will just be like, yeah, no bullshit. Like you're on right now. What do you think? And I'm just like, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'll be, I'm down to roll with some of my favorite skaters, dude. Like, you know, and I really... I really didn't, there was no certainty that almost was going to work at that time. Like what the state it was in, it was, it was really, it, no one really knew what was happening. I just, I felt like it was so right with someone like Eunice supporting me. And 
I ended up talking to him a bit after and I was like, he really did, he believed in me and like it, it carried over into when Luis spoke to me and I was like, dude, for my, one of my favorite skaters ever from when I was younger to, to reach out and want me a part of their team. And then for Max to get involved, who is somebody I was always a huge fan of when I was skating for Cliche and watching Cliche and, you know, all, those two things and like just the combination of there being room to grow. I was like, all right, yeah, we got to do this. Like, this makes a lot of sense, you know? And I couldn't be more stoked to be a part of it now, you know? Like, we've been making a lot of serious, like, changes in, a, in such a good direction. Like, I think almost is in the best position it could be in right now, you know? Yeah, damn, mm-hmm. y'all got some names. I didn't even think about that. But sounds like Eunice be running the show over there, eh? Boss man thing. I like He's, that. You know, he just... I think I think it's good to have someone that's uh they they kind of stand their ground on their opinion and what they like and i think that a a brand needs like a strong backbone you know for sure he is that yo so yo when did you drop the renzo from your last name was it around (laughs) that time uh (laughs) that's super funny because i remember my my roommates making jokes about it when that happened uh so i remember when my ad was getting laid out like the first uh, like my intro ad it was like the green one I was kick flipping over some rail and uh, there was it was like a skate photo above portrait on bottom and they hit me up and they were like what do you think like should we just do just John D'Lo or is that fine with you or should it be DiLorenzo and I I didn't really think much of it I was like whatever you guys think works I mean people know me for as this from just Instagram and close friends and uh, DiLorenzo it's like I mean, people know me for kind of, you know, they know me as both, but I didn't really imagine it was going to, like, evolve so much to the point where people aren't as aware of my full name now because of the D-Lo just being what it is, like, attached to me. Like, just D-Lo is always put there. But from that ad, when it came out, I remember my room, like my roommate and my homies were all just like, dude, so, so that's it. Like, that's you now. Like, you just, you're going <laughs> off as this. Like, you just shipped yourself off as John D'Lo for the rest of your days. I was like, I mean, I don't know, dude. It doesn't need it's, to be that way. But. It's clean. It's clean. I like it. Nothing against DiLorenzo, but D'Lo's, it's a clean one. Makes sense. None of my friends even call me John. Seriously. Like, people I've known a long time call me John. I don't get called John, like, ever. It's always D'Lo. Because there's tons of Johns, you know? Like, we know so many Johns in our friend group, so... Damn, I called you John like 10 minutes ago. Yep. Yeah, see, so. <laughs> that shit was fresh. I'm going, I'm sticking with John. DiLorenzo's yeah, badass, man. It's like some fucking <laughs> Sopranos shit. Some of my new boards have my full name on it, and I like it. And I was thinking, I was almost thinking one time to tell them, like, hey, like, maybe we should just run DiLorenzo from now on. And then, like, D'Lo could have been this exclusive, like, this exclusive first run of things. Yeah. Like, if you got the first run of boards, that was, like, the D'Lo version of boards. And then Now, you should yeah. run with fucking Renzo from now on, dog. John, John Renzo. Yeah. Oh, man. It just confused the shit out of everybody. You said, let's go back to DiLorenzo. And then Eunice was like, fuck that. I run the show here, D'Lo. <laughs> So, yo, we just didn't get the um, the going pro and how a cat was involved in that story, man. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I mean, almost, like, exactly a year from when my ad came out and uh, the video part came out. It was, like, the welcome to almost. That was September 2019, I believe. And then 
yeah, pretty much exactly a year later, uh, I, um, they surprised me multiple times. I like, <laughs> there was multiple surprises by mistake. It was just like fumbles, but, uh, I seen the ad before I was meant to see the ad and that was crazy. <laughs> the initial, what, what was super trippy to me was like, there were all these kind of clues of it happening, but I had yet to, no one slipped up enough to where I saw a board. So I was just like, there was just kind of, you know, like speculation around it. And uh, seeing the ad was like, oh shit, like this is real. And it was, that was super crazy for me to, I remember holding the mag and just shaking. I was like, whoa, dude, this is weird. And then uh, actually the day they surprised me, I uh, was skating with my friend, Justin. Justin Albert, who does uh, those Flora video series. Um, we were skating in LA. And we were at this ditch spot and uh, this lady had this shopping cart full of stuff and she was, you know, she was clearly just living at this ditch and uh, she was like asking us like, what are you guys doing? She was super friendly and we were like, oh, we're just here skating. And she was like, oh, okay, cool. Uh, do you guys want a cat? And we were like, what? Like, what are you talking about? And right when she said, mentions the cat, this little kitten comes like running out from under her legs and he he had this silver and gray like tiger stripe looking pattern and I was like whoa dude his coat's like super sick and I've never even been a cat person like ever I've never been <laughs> I, I've always had dogs growing up my mom has cats since I like have moved out but I've never been like yeah I'm gonna get a cat you know but uh <laughs> uh I seen this cat and he was so little and like his coat was super sick and me and Justin were talking about it cause Justin has this cat and he was like, yeah, man, like, maybe you should take the cat. And I'm like, fuck, dude, I got to, like, ask my roommates and stuff. But, like, yeah, maybe, I don't know. And I remember running it by my roommates and, like, yeah, I brought him home. Seriously, like, had this little, I was, like, just all day thinking about the cat. All day I was thinking about the cat. So I went to Petco. I went and, like, did this stuff. I was like, fuck, like, I don't even know. I need to get a litter box. I need to get, like, I was thinking all this stuff about the cat. And then uh, my friend David, who edited the video part, uh, he was he was hitting me up all day and was like, "Hey, like, I need you to come over um, and we need to just like go over what footage you want to use and blah blah blah. Like, make sure things look good because it's like the only day I'm free this week." And I was like, "All right, cool." And he was like, "Yeah, just around this time, whatever." And I was like, "All right, yeah." Like, but I was so focused on dealing with this this cat <laughs> that I just found this day, and I was like. I don't know. I just, I, I completely forgot about it. First of all, I was like, oh shit, I was supposed to go over to, to David's house. So I was like, oh fuck. And, uh, I remember cruising by cherry, like before I remembered and I saw a bunch of homies there and they were like, oh, we're about to go mob to this other skate park just before dark. And I was like, all right, yeah, I'm going to do that. And then I remember driving in the skate park and, uh, my friend called me and he was like, Hey, like, are you coming over? And I was like, yeah, like, yeah, I will after I'm done skating. Like, what? Why is there? Why are you pressing me? And he was just like, no, 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 like, no reason. I'm just like wondering. I've just been waiting, blah, blah, blah. I was like, oh, well, my bad. I'm just, I'm about to go to this skate park nearby, whatever. And uh, we were all just skating until it got dark. And I remember hitting him back and I was like, yo, could I bring my cat like over to your house? Like, I just got this kitten today. And he was like, yeah, I mean, sure, whatever. And I was like, all right, cool. Like, thinking, they don't have any pets. So I was thinking like, oh, I'm just gonna show my friends this kitten I got today. And I'm walking <laughs> up to the door 
I'm walking up to the door, and right when I walk up his little stairs, like right before his door, I hear a dog bark. And I was like, what the fuck? Uh, and I was instantly mad. I almost turned around and like went back because I was like, fuck, I'm not about to bring this kitten. He was like so little. I was like, I'm not about to bring him in this house with this dog here. And then uh, <laughs> I, was, I was with my roommate actually, and he, he like made me you know keep walking forward and like they opened the door for me and i just hear this roar of people before even like turning to face (laughs) them and i was just getting shoved inside this house with this kitten and the cat's freaking out like fully freaking out i feel it on my head and all these people like pushing me and it's just like a roar of people in my face and i'm like (laughs) dude all i was thinking is this cat's dead this this cat just died. Like, he's getting trampled. He's getting, like, oh, my God. There's, like, oh, 45, 50 people crammed in this little living room. Like, this cat's as good as dead. And uh, I w- <laughs> everybody was walking up to me and, like, you know, trying to talk to me. And I was, like, uh, 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 like, fumbling. Like, this cat's on my head at this point. And thankfully, um, there was a girl at the party that uh, she, she noticed the situation. She was, like, oh, like, let me take the cat for me. And I was, like, oh, please, thank you, God. Like, yeah. and she, I, she went... <laughs> and nursed him or like you know just saved him from the trauma but uh yeah it was super trippy because they my first graphic was a tiger and i remember being like what the hell like i i was thinking tigers were on my mind this whole time you know i was like what the fuck like i got this cat because he looked like a tiger and tigers have always been something in my life like some significant thing in my life and and they gave me this board that my my friend made a really good friend of mine and it was just all this weird full circle, like, I don't know. It was super trippy. The whole day was trippy. I was like, what the fuck? Like, how'd you guys get me? I, the whole time, so when you sick. get surprised, you're always like, how the fuck did you guys get me? Like, what? Yeah. You still got the cat to this day? Yeah, or yeah. He's around. He, he runs the block. Hell he's yeah. like indoor, outdoor style. <laughs> um, his name's Oscar. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah, he's he's beast. I got this tiger painting in my room, actually, of this, like, white tiger. And my friend took a photo of me and my cat the, the night of the pro party in my room and like he looks just like this tiger painting I've had in my room for like years and like there's a photo of us like I got him and there's like this tiger painting I'm like yeah dude he's like that's you that's gonna be you when you grow up <laughs> you made the move to California with uh, the legendary filmer Steak aka David mm-hmm. uh, what was the game plan and how'd you guys get by in the early days chasing the cali skate life dream fuck dude i actually i moved away with uh money like i guess my parents had saved for me to go to college but it wasn't like wasn't like a crazy amount of money or anything it was just like what i had saved and i was like look i'm i'm not gonna go to school i'm gonna try and skate and they were all against it but they they sort of just faced that like i was gonna do what i wanted to do and I honestly had no uh, preconceived thought to, to move to California to skate. I kind of just, like, had the idea came up. Steak wanted to move to out there because he had friends out there. And he's maybe, he's, like, five years older than me. So he had friends out there already. And then I was like, oh, I'll go with you. And that he was the one I was with when I hit my head and had the seizure. That was, like, a trip I had made mm-hmm. out there when he moved. And then shortly after... He asked if I wanted to move in with him, and I was like, fuck, dude, yeah, I mean, why not, you know? Like, and it was sort of just a spontaneous thing. I was like, yeah, I'm going to move to California. My parents were super thrown off, and uh, when when I got there, it was kind of just, I mean, I was surviving off what I had saved as well as, like, just, dude, 
selling stuff and whatever. I didn't even have sponsors, so it was really like there was no I don't know, man. There was no real like consistency to how we were living. It was kind of just like grind it out and film tricks and somehow things were working. It was it was pretty crazy. I started working when when we got to San Diego. I started working uh worked at this pizza place. It was actually the last job I have had other than skateboarding. But uh Sick. That, that one was pretty epic. I'll tell you guys this story because it's pretty epic. Uh, I don't even remember the name of it, and I wish I did. But me and my roommate uh, at the time both washed dishes there. And uh, they were, you know, I mean, I don't know if you guys have ever washed dishes anywhere, but you get treated like fucking, like dirt. Like they just like, oh, you're going to do this, this, this. You're going to mop the ceiling. <laughs> oh, you're going to like. I've done that. Dude, It. I was like, and this is my first time working in like food or like that's the only know. job i ever walked out of Dude, okay dishwasher. So listen to my story so <laughs> i'm a like, fancy restaurant on mother's day and the dishes just wouldn't fucking stop dude and then they're like peel the garlic chop the carrots get the fucking onions they, ready they think I'm you're a dog like, dude i'm they think done you're just, here, yo. exactly I'm done, yeah. yeah fuck that they shit. give you that one free meal and you're their fucking slave dude i'm like you got me fucked up yo i'm out Dude, for oh, real. So, I work co-check at the same restaurant. It was glorious on my <laughs> That's the job I thought I I thought I was getting that job. Co-check. Oh, like, nah, you're in the dish pit with Siva. Siva's a legend, man. <laughs> yeah, Siva's a she. Oh my god. The worst is that our my our <laughs> homie guy. Yeah, yeah, okay, continue. This ain't my interview. <laughs> <laughs> nah, dude. I mean talk Fucking your shit. Dishwashing. Talk your shit, man. But uh, yeah, I'm that's it, yo. That's not people that run that job, yo. I got mad respect for them because that shit's hard as fuck. Hey, for real, no, nah, no, sh- like I didn't know what I was getting into, man. Like I-, I was like, okay, I need work. My roommate was doing dishes there. He was like, yo, they're hiring. I was like, fuck it, we're on. Started washing dishes at this place, and like, I think I worked there for maybe like five months. And in that time, I was like, you know, just just things that didn't really make sense to me. They're like, oh, so you're gonna do this, 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 and this, and wash dishes. I was like, bro how does that even make sense like what and i would say it stuff doesn't. to the kitchen manager and he would be like what do you mean you're the dishwasher like hit me with shit like that and i'm like nah bro i'm a human fucking being like what do you mean like this is crazy <laughs> not when you're in the dish pit yo bro not when you're in the pit that no. shit would get me hot but anyway uh, the my my like line that i drew and i was like look i don't ever want to deal with like customer service i don't want to like go out there and have to like get bitched at by somebody because food's messed up like that's oh, what yeah. i don't want to i don't want to deal with customers so i was like whatever i'll fucking be back here put my headphones in i'll fucking mop the ceiling whatever you want me to do man like i'll i'll figure it out but there was this toward the four or five months <laughs> point, i said mop the ceiling <laughs> but these fools were like um yo we're gonna have you run food and i was like all right uh like, am I going to get tips or am I gonna, is there any benefit to me doing this? And they're like, no, we're just short staffed and you're going to do it. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> word, like, I know I don't want to do that. And they're like, we don't really have a choice, blah, blah, blah. You're going to be training today. And I remember I went into this training thing with this girl and I was just like not even listening. I was like, look, I'm, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. I'm fucking washing dishes and I'm clocking out. Like, that's what I'm here to do. And then so I fully blew off the training portion that they like assigned me to do. And then the next day they threw me in. Like, I remember I, my shift was at, like, 2, and they just threw me in, like, run food, like, fuck the dishes, whatever. And I was like, fuck, dude, I don't even know. And it was, like, so crowded. Like, fancy pizza restaurant, too, you know? So, like, people people in there were, like, 
assholes. Like the customers are coming in bitching and shit. <laughs> and like I was just running food and I didn't know anything. They were like bitching at me. They're like, oh, you didn't cut the slice. You didn't blah, blah, blah. And I was like getting yelled at by customers. And I was like just at my breaking point. <laughs> and I was like, bro, this is exactly – I'm living my nightmare right now. So <laughs> I yeah. peeked over the back into the kitchen and I looked at the sink and I saw the dishes like so close to the ceiling. I was like, all right, bro. Took my fucking stupid hat off. Took my stupid shirt off. I was like, threw that shit in the garbage. I was like, I'm going to watch you guys burn from across the street. Fuck y'all. And like, that walk home never felt more glorious in my life. I was like, yo, like, oh, and they started yeah, texting yeah, the me, calling man. me. They were like, yo, we're going to give you tips for like this, that time you worked. Like, if you want to come back, I was like, nah, suck my dick. Like, fuck you guys. Yeah. <laughs> for real. Dude. So that you were supposed to run the food and then oh, take care of the shit. dishes as well? Yeah, dude. Yeah. That's impossible. And, like, That's impossible. I, I seriously, I maybe was there for like that day. I was maybe there for like two hours and I was like, whoa. Like I, the minute I peeked back to see the dishes to the ceiling, I was like, nah, it ain't yeah. worth it, bro. Dude. Wow. Say, Aiden used to tell me uh, stories about Devin when he was in the dish pit. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And he would yeah. have to like take these big buckets of dishes up and down the stairs because the pit was in the basement, and he would just no, hear him scream, oh, screaming and yelling in the dish pit, dog. That should that will take you to your breaking point, man. Nah, if you want to test your patience, go fucking do dishes somewhere. Yo, you know what's funny though, D'Lo. I was gonna call you. <laughs> it's all good. Either one works. It don't matter. I related to you so hard on what you're saying there because. I worked uh I worked at a nightclub at one point but I was supposed to be like a bus boy or whatever and like collect empties and all that shit and be on the floor but like you like I fucking got crazy anxiety just from like being around customers yeah dude and like there was there'd usually be three of us sometimes four if it was really busy and then like we'd rotate who was doing the dishes and by the end of it I was just like volunteering to do the dishes like the entire night <laughs> because I just never wanted to like bump shoulders with anyone uh i feel you fuck customers in places like that it's just a weird line to walk you know people are allowed to like shit on you and you're just like uh i don't i don't know how to keep it together you know like it's part of me being a skateboarder yeah. where i'm just like get the fuck out of here like are you fucking kidding me like hmm. hell no yeah i hate being fake so much yeah dude. like just faking any anything like i feel that just like putting on a fake smile and all that shit coat check i could handle it because like it'd be a rush a bunch of people would come in and then yeah you're a bunch chilling of for would hours leave at the end of the night yeah reading yeah. comic books uh but yeah the, the nightclub holy shit that was torture yeah man it's not <clears throat> customer service is crazy us introvert skaters ain't built for that you know hell no so shortly after you went pro, Skate Warehouse bailed on your sponsorship. I don't know what the deal was with them, but next thing you know, you dropped the 561 boss part, putting it down for your local on some core, some core shit, some boss shit. How did that all unfold? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a question. Shout out. No, for real. Shout out to Teak at 561. It's the skate shop, 21 years strong. Stewart, Florida, just 20 minutes north of where I grew up, Jupiter, Florida. Um, he's just, he's the realest dude I've ever, like, kicked it with that runs a skate shop. And, like, I, I've been to tons of cool skate shops, but, like, he just keeps it so real. He, like, pushes the skate scene, you know? He does so much for the skate scene just without really vocalizing it. He doesn't give himself much credit, and I just, 
I mean, I had this falling out with Skate Warehouse, and it, it wasn't... I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh, fuck those dudes, because it's not like that, you know? I'm not I'm not trying to, like, throw shade in a situation. It just, you know, it just wasn't cool. The way things worked out, I turned pro, and, and they... That basically, they reap benefits off me turning pro, and uh, I, I didn't like they didn't resign me, and it was like that at that same moment in time, both those things happened. So I was just like, I, mm. I don't, I don't understand why we made two exclusive boards for Skate Warehouse when you guys had intentions of cutting me, like to reap. You know what I mean? It was just it was like a weird situation, and I, I'm not. It's all good, mm-hmm. you know. You live and you learn and whatever. And I wasn't ever prideful of skating for you know like an online store. It's it's you know you're in a position where you need to make money to survive and i was at that point and you gotta do what you gotta do and when the dust settled it was the way it was and it it sort of put something in me where i was like man like it really opened my eyes to like what what mattered to me what i fucked with like what i what i always cared about as a skateboarder i'm like dude skate shops are important skate shops are so important like i was kind of just supporting something that doesn't really help that and I knew that in like within what I was doing and uh I remember I was home I just seriously went home to give my family like my pro board it was just after I turned pro and uh I sort of planted a seed in my mind of like I want to film a video part all Florida and like at this point in my skateboarding I thought it would be super meaningful just to do something like that because it you know it was just something that excited me to think I could spend however much time home and skate the spots I grew up skating and just I didn't I had no idea it was going to evolve into what it did and it was super rad but um I always would pop into 561 and he's always treated me like like someone you know like like I was like I skated for the shop he would always give me anything I needed he would never take money from me he he would always just yeah oh yeah like we just got these new shirts here take them like you know and I, I love five six one is the area code and it's just also the name mm-hmm. of the shop so I always rep his shit like even when I was younger I used to skate for this other skate shop in uh, West Palm Beach and he never ever was like oh you're with that shop like whatever he's like no nah, man we're all skaters you know like whatever you need you need grip you need whatever you need like it's all good we know you're all out here grinding so like. He's just real, you know, and I always respected him for it. And then uh, we ended up getting a handful of shit while I was home during that period of time. And in the beginning, it was some of the the more key tricks in the video part, like the nollie back heel and the bump to bar was at kind of the beginning. And then we got a handful of those tricks at the beginning. And I was like, OK, so we have like a solid we, we have a solid bit here to like start. And I, I was OK with mm-hmm. having to come back and maybe do like two trips out of it. But uh, I just stuck it out i ended up staying there for i want to say like a little under like two months and we just grinded it out dude skated all night all day all night and i remember that was two months to film that there's so many insane hammers in there you so I, cool. dude we didn't stop though the grind like didn't stop shout out omar shout out tyler bamdis they helped me they helped me so much like just you know whenever they'd get off work we'd two months go yeah. get out dude and I remember walking into 561 and like I mentioned to Teak, I was like, yo, like it'd be super rad if, you know, we could collaborate on something like maybe do a board, like an almost board or something. He's like, yeah, dude, whatever you want to do, you know, like I'm like, yeah, man, it'd be super rad. And we always I was like throwing ideas around every time I would pop in there. But I I remember going in there with the footage for the first time. I was like, yo, like I just want to show you, like I want to do this video part for the shop and like 
this is this is what I have, you know? And I showed him and he was like he didn't even know how to react, you know? It was like it was I could tell he was just <laughs> super overwhelmed and was just like, dude, like yeah, whatever whatever so you want to do to make this happen. Like I'm like, yeah, bro, like I just wanna do something rad and, and this is this is super meaningful to me and like it you've been here twenty one years. I remember the first time I ever stepped foot in that shop, you know, I was like 13 years old or something and like it's just super cool that he's still there and he's still just holding it down the way he does and like he's always kind of believed in me you know from super far away there was one thing he said to me when I before I moved to California he made a series of boards for all the the towns in the area and there was like it's like uh, Rio, Stewart, Jensen, Beach these are all like just key little zones and there were these symbols like these symbolic uh like monuments and stuff in the center of the board. And he did one for Jupiter, Florida, and it was the Jupiter Lighthouse. And I remember going in there to buy it. I was like, yeah, I'm going to hang this in my room in California when I move. And he was like, no, you got to just take it, but you owe me a pro board one day. That's what he said to me. <laughs> and so I remember Shit. coming back, like this time when I came back to give my family boards, I was like, bro, I remember that shit. Like here, this is like what I owe you from years That's later, awesome. dude. Like, and yeah, did he remember? Yeah, yeah, for sure. He was just like, nah, dude, like, but, you know, I was just fucking around. I'm like, dude, take the board, man. Like, it's all good. We made this happen. Like, you, you know, and I'm holding up to, like, what I owe you, you know? And, uh, no, it was a super so cool special. moment, man. So, like, we've always kind of had, like, he's always supported me from a distance or whatever, you know? So, like, it meant a lot for me to be able to, like, make that board happen and then to do the video part. We did, like, a little premiere at the shop. Like, it was super rad, you know? That's awesome, dude. One thing I got to give you mad credit for is that it seems like no matter who the video part's for, you fucking give it your all, and it's pure bangers. Well, I mean, now it's sick because stuff can go on Thrasher, so it's, like, going to get more eyes regardless. But you, the amount of parts you have, you got homie video parts, you got parts for sponsors, you got that part, and, like, it just looks like you fucking try your hardest in every single one, which is not easy to do. Yeah, I mean, thanks, dude. I just... I skate a lot. I don't really, I'm not thinking about what, what I'm doing it for. I don't think about, I'm so far past like, oh, but what can I gain from this? <laughs> what is like, what is this? There's definitely video parts that mean something to me and I'm going to give it that extra like all, like more than all, you know, 110, I guess. And when mm -hmm. I turned pro, it was one of those instances where I was like, all right, like this is going down the way I'm yeah, in a blaze of glory, I'm, like, going all in with this one. And then there's situations where you're just, like, it's just, you know, you're skating, and you don't want to put out anything that you're not satisfied with. And I, I set out every day with, like, goals in mind, you know? I skate every day, and, like, mm -hmm. I make goals for myself, and I don't really let up on something I want, you know? Like I said, I was, I'm pretty persistent about what I want, even, like, with skate tricks or whatever I want to make happen. I'm, like willing to do the work to make it happen and it doesn't really matter to me oh this is for so-and-so this is for so it's like it's yeah. all skating dude that's fucking dope man because yeah from what i see it looks like you put in a hundred percent or a hundred and ten thanks dude skatistan has now begun programs in jordan their first project in the middle east Skatistan is working with Seven Hills to run Skate and Create and Outreach in two different locations, Erbid and Zarqua. 
Because of Skate to Stand, 200 more children in Jordan are learning an art-based creative education through skateboarding. This message was provided to you by CHPO. If you want to support Skate to Stand, you can visit their website, skatestand.org, or purchase their watches or sunglasses from chpobrand.com. 100% of the profits will be donated. CHPO, doing it for the people. So... You've been skating Adidas for years now, putting out parts left, right, and center. But we recently saw in some Insta clips you skating Lakai's. What's going on there, man? Pretty much. I mean, I've been wearing Adidas for five years. I I think they started sending me shoes like a month before Away Days came out. That's like the farthest memory I have. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, I was wearing the shoes, staying, like just only wearing adidas for all that time hoping to like climb the ladder so to speak and uh comes a point when you kind of just sort of feel like people they're not into what you do you know your sponsors from what i speculate it's like your sponsors are supposed to kind of like bring you up together you know and uh leading up to that point they'd sort of help me travel a little bit they they paid for me to go on the sodi trip and uh they helped me on some missions to San Francisco when Flora was first, like, sort of happening. But, I mean, I never, I was never signed. There wasn't any opportunity shown for me during any of that time. And uh, I continued to wear the shoes, just sort of, like, determined to to make something happen. I made a lot of friends over there. Justin Albert Pubert, he's an Adidas filmer, and he's always supported me. He just gave me an entire video part. and his just like recent video series episode and it's a series supported by adidas and all all those things happening and me turning pro like all of these things kind of happening that uh kind of painted the picture for me like it it wasn't going to happen and finally like the other day i was put in a position where i kind of confronted the situation and it was like confessed to me that like it wasn't going to happen and so i just chose to First, my first instinct was to like, I w went to the skate shop and I bought a pair of skate shoes. And uh, I mean, I just filmed a clip and posted it on Instagram. That's kind of all it was, you know? I had like moved on. I just, I wasn't really willing to live out this destiny that they'd kind of decided for me. And uh, yeah, I'm just buying shoes right now. I bought uh, two pairs of Lakai's, been trying them. Damn. It's weird skating different stuff, but it's fun, you know? It's exciting. I, I bet feel after reborn, all that time. you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Feels good. Damn, bro. That's that's an unfortunate one because, yeah, it, five years is a long time, and it definitely – you look good in Adidas, so that sucks. <laughs> um, I, I wish they fucking – Where's contract G? Where's contract? Like when uh, Ryan G missed Scott Kane's kick crook, and they're like, "Where's sequence G? Where's sequence? Like where the? F like, I wish the contract was there. It would have been, I think, a dope fit. Obviously, you're already on, but like <clears throat> to fully be taken care of would have been the right thing to do, in my opinion. Not that it matters, but um, whatever's next, hopefully." They come correct and they fucking treat you right because 
Straight up, I think you're in the Sodi, early Sodi contention, man. You're fucking dropping bombs left, right, and center. So keep it going, and I'm sure there's a company out there that'll do right by you. Thanks, dude. I mean, seriously, like, people people love to throw that speculation around all the time, but, like, I'm seriously working today for a better tomorrow is, like, what I tell myself, and I've been telling myself this, and, like, I... One thing I can thank Adidas for, it sincerely, is that they brought a skater in me out that I didn't even know was I was capable of. I I've surprised myself more this year alone, like than ever in my life with with just things I was able to accomplish and like the limits I was able to push myself to. And I think a lot of it was just because I want to better myself and I want to better my situation and. Whatever comes of it, I mean, so be it. But I just, for me personally, that's that's what the grind is for. You know, I'm just like, I'm 27 years old. I still feel perfectly able to do better skating than I ever have. And I mean, I'm like, I'm just not like really thinking much more than just if I work hard, it's going to take me where I want to be. So whatever happens, happens, you know. No doubt. Well, if you keep getting clips like that, Nolly knows, man. He Nolly flip. You'll fucking have a pro shoe in no time. You damn. You look good in the Lakai's too, man. Thanks, dude. They skate good. I mean, I used to skate for Lakai before Adidas. Oh so shit. It's uh it's same time period I skated for almost before. It's like a okay, man. A full circle feeling, kind of, it, to to have have both of those things. That's what I was gonna say. <laughs> I don't know, man. We'll we'll see. I'm just. Right now, I just feel like it's a great time to kind of try shit out. I was, I was toying, I was on the phone with Foy, like the other day. I was like, "Yo, like I want to try your shoe, dude." Like I just, you know what I mean? Like I just want to like do whatever, just skate what, you know, see what I like and see, you know, like maybe they are Lakai's that I like. I like these shoes. I got no problems this far, but you know, it's been like only a couple days. That's what's up, man. You're 27, right in your physical prime. Can't be stopped, man. No matter what shoes are on your feet, let's go. That's what I like to tell myself. <laughs> your Manny and Bar Hop game are extremely strong. Do you have a dream Manny trick or dream trick over a Bar Hop that you haven't done yet? Yeah, but I also, I, <laughs> part of me wants to do, like, keep that under wraps because I feel like it's fully possible. Ooh. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I've gotten pretty close to the dreams that I've... No, I mean, there's definitely some, some like, psycho many dreams I have, you know, that I could just <laughs> throw out. But, like, yeah. you know, as far as... You mean, like, bump to bar and Manny? Or you just mean, like, in general, like, bump yeah, to bar? Yeah, like, training? two separate ones. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, because you can... But you did skate too. a bump to bar <laughs> to Manny, didn't you? Yeah. A bunch of yeah, times. Yeah, I mean, that's... Crazy. I, hey, crazy bastard. <laughs> you find the right one, it works. Dude, I with with the Manny stuff, it's it's it all just it's really dependent on finding the manual the pad, realistically. Yeah, yeah exactly. it's a lot of it's dependent on you're you're basically fishing. You're fishing for like a a place, like a place that it mm-hmm. it'll all work. And uh I don't know, I'm I feel like I'm almost to the point with manuals now where every time I, I wanna go try one, it's I'm I'm almost like creating something in my head like i'm just creating this i have like a vision it's not like i've really done i'll like link a bunch of things together or something and i'm like fuck i wish a spot like you know this with maybe like a gap and then 
Like I wish I'll just like create scenarios and and then I end up skating over picnic tables to manual on the ground in schoolyards. <laughs> and stuff. Like I, you know what I mean? Like I, the things don't exist, so I just kind of make do. But uh, one recently I've been thinking about a lot and I haven't done, and I don't really mind throwing it out there. Is like, you know, when people do like front one eighty, fake humanity one eighties, like you know, that's like that's like a manual trick in itself. And I've I've been thinking mm-hmm. a lot about. I've seen people do it before, but I just think it would be cool, like maybe quick, is like you 180 fake humanity and then you fake you flip in the middle and you keep fake humanity and then 180. Like you sort of throw something in the middle of a trick that already has a beginning, middle, and end. Uh, I've been sort of playing with that idea in my mind with like a bunch of different combos, you know? That'd be sick because it'd be hard to fucking keep your shoulders straight. Yeah, like, but there's so many different, like, I don't want to say basic manuals, but ones that are super common and just look good on their own, but you can just like add a little more and just be like, oh, whoa. Like, it's just a, a weird twist on like a classic in my mind. Mm-hmm. But I've been toying with those a lot. There's like etiquette with it, you know? There's ways you don't do it. There's tricks you don't do. And like, I don't know, mm-hmm. I'm not trying to sound like a snob. It's not because anybody can do anything they want. But for me personally, there's tricks I just think look better than other tricks. Don't do yeah. Yeah, there's, there's like, tricks. There's tricks know, we don't do like front willy nollie flips. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh wait, my bad, my bad. <laughs> um, yo. Yeah, dude, you got me. Speaking of bar hop tricks, though, I know you don't want to give away whatever you're, you're, uh, you're cooking up in your head. But yeah, nollie back heel and switch front heel over that classic like Miami one were insane. And I don't know if this is one that you've done before, but Yo, you've got the nollie flip to do a straight nollie flip over a bar hop, and that would be so <laughs> fucking sick. I don't know if that's the one, but... No, but I, I've thought about it. People, that one in Miami, bro, I'm sure you guys have noticed the, the mutilation being done on that thing, the switchback yeah, three. Yeah, oh my God. The, like, it just gets pretty pulverized, but it, it's so good, and that's, it's inviting, that thing. So you can kind of go there and, like... Like, that would be one if I ever wanted to sample out a nollie flip over a bar and see what it felt like or, like, what the fear of it, you know, would be. That's the one to try. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe one day. It's another thing kind of like the manuals I was talking about. You're you're looking for the right ratio. Mm -hmm. Like, you want the bar a certain distance. You want the bank a certain steepness. It's like, you know, there's all these different things that you take into account with just doing... That one trips. has been getting killed, but if people haven't been there, I could see them thinking it's like an easy one to skate, but it's it's actually pretty fucking big. It's, uh, it's, it's still no big joke. for sure. I've seen people get smoked on yeah. that thing. What did Mason do? He, he did it, something fucking He full cabbed it. And pu- it was oh, on yeah, Instagram, yeah, yeah. I believe, which like so <laughs> I think a handful of people have full cabbed it. That's still crazy. Like people just yeah people fuck that thing up man it's it's pretty crazy john shanahan's did one of my favorite tricks he fakey front shoved oh, over yeah. it which was g as fuck switch back three though and nollie back heel and tyshawn did some sick shit where you nollie front that's heel different nollie heel, heel. tyshawn did nollie front heel and straight so nollie heel. yeah dude that was a bucket list trick for me the nollie back heel like i've been thinking of that one for a handful of months prior to that and i was like I was like, I don't know, I don't know. Because it's not like a trick I feel I can particularly pop higher than other tricks. It was just, it's just a trick I know I can, like, if it hits you and you can just commit, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like a trick, it's it's kind of sketchier to throw it away in those situations when you're popping over something. Yeah. So, 
Hmm. And I, I didn't even like nollie back 180 that day. I just was like, I'm going to go as fast as I can and just throw a nollie back heel and see what happens. And then the first handful of tries, I just cleared it. And I was like, all right, okay, it's on, I guess. Like, fuck. And then it ended up working out. <laughs> like, it worked out so much faster than the switch front heel, believe it or not. Really? Yeah, the switch front heel took way longer. Our boy uh, Mitch Barrett, legend of sin, he tried to nollie back, big spin it back in the day. But how'd that he probably go? Need, he probably needed it to be two feet smaller or more. So <laughs> damn, <laughs> an extra kicker. Yeah, double kicker. <laughs> That'd have been gangster though. I think he also just bunted it just to say he <laughs> tried it. Like I don't think his he. He knew there was zero chance he could Damn. do it. But that's, like, dangerous to even bunt that because you could just clip your heels <laughs> so easy. <laughs> Yo, can you take us behind the scenes on your fucking... And I almost missed this watching the part, Donald. I don't know if you caught this one. Nolly backside no, flip, it, yeah. nose grab over <laughs> the rail. Like, over the rail to drop thing. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I mean... Dude, I don't know. I'm fucking. I'm just kind of a. I, I, me and my friend Bobby. Where does this fall in the etiquette you were just talking about? Yeah, no, you're right. Like, I, I'm just. I don't know, man. I like to fuck around and like sometimes. Yeah, I like that one. I'm not gonna lie. I, it I, it was so hardly noticeable that I was like, yo, that was actually sick. It was like an Easter egg trick. Like I, exactly. <laughs> I I feel like it. I have fun with. I don't know, dude. I I don't really care what people are going to think of that trick or like, you know, any trick I do. I'm like, I'm not doing this to, oh, but that trick's not cool. Yeah, that trick's been written off. It's like, I make those decisions about what tricks I do. You know what I'm saying? And like, like about my own tricks, yes, sir. I, I'm going to dictate what I think is good and not good and, you know, whatever. That's all for judgment at the end of the day. But I, I learned that trick on a three-stair with my friend Bobby who filmed <laughs> me do that at that spot. I was just fucking around and like, I would not like backside flip, and I remember I grabbed it a bunch of times, and I made it, and I was like, "Whoa, shit!" Like, it just works, you know. And uh, we were just th- trying to, we were fucking around, thinking of a spot that day I learned it, and I was like, "It'd be sick, like over a bar or some, you know, something where it's not just like straight stairs." And mm-hmm. uh, we ended up at that spot, and like, um, we had tried it. But one time before, but I got this. I had this super bad heel bruise, so I didn't really want to push it. I was like, oh, I don't really want to jump off this thing right now. But like, I knew I could do it, so we ended up missioning back out to do it. And like, yeah, it worked out. I mean, it's no different than nollie backside flipping. And I don't think anybody had nollie backside flipped that. So that's why I almost didn't even have shame. And like, I was like, Bob, if I don't grab, we can. Do, if this looks bad, or you know, in any instance, I could just nollie backside flip it, and <laughs> we can just roll with that. So, but. We ended up getting it. We both liked it. And then I was like, yeah, fuck it. We're going to, you know, I'm not out here street grabbing all day, all night. I'm just, I'm having a good time, <laughs> dude. Like that, that was probably the sickest street <laughs> grab I could picture because I, I yeah, watched it. Low key. Yeah. I rewound Thanks, it thinking there's no way you grabbed it. I'm like, I didn't just see that. And then you did. And I was like, yo, that was so sick. And Thanks. then you nollie frontside flipped it in another part, which was just pure beast as well so and then take us behind the scenes on your switch flip the massive double in sf so that was one of those instances adidas had actually flown me up there to do that so there was i had gone there on my own i think I don't know, a few months earlier i'd gone there on my own and uh i missioned we, me and justin at that point we'd just been like kind of stockpiling footage it was before f- the floor video series 
was like coming out and uh we we had some good shit we were sitting on and like i i think we drove past that spot one day and i was like yo like we should check that one of these days and i don't think he thought i was that serious about skating it at first because i remember being pretty adamant like yo let's go look at that and he was like oh yeah you know we'll wait till the end of the trip blah 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 and i think the last day of the trip we we went over there and i think my shoes were like super beat and like maybe i didn't have any like a new board like i so we we just went and I remember throwing some that day and like it was just not even happening. I was like, oh fuck, like this is this ain't working right now. And uh he was like, oh shit, but like you can do it for real, you know? Like he was super fired up and I was like, yeah, I mean, I think I could do it. Uh I just, you know, if I had a new board and like shoes that I felt comfortable doing this, I I feel like it could just happen. And so I remember getting back when I got back here he would kind of, every time he would tap in with me about what I had going on, he'd be like, dude, we got to get you back up here for the switch flip. We got to get you back up here for the switch flip. And in my mind, when I first went, I was pretty confident. You know, when you, when you jump down big shit, it's like when you look at it from the top, you pretty much can assess like, and I guess after the first attempt, you can really assess like how long you can try it and what, if you're capable of doing the trick you want to do, you know? Like, and I felt after just trying it that one time, like I was like, yeah, I could do it, you know, like, and I was pretty confident in it, but when Justin kept kind of like reiterating to me, like, yeah, you got to get here and do it, you got to get here and do it, 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 it was kind of mounting in my head as, fuck, like, he's acting like this is a pretty big deal, like, it, I don't, I'm pretty good at like keeping cool in those situations, like just on my own, but like when other influence, like I have outside influence, it, it sort of will start to weigh on me and I'm like, oh, fuck, like, yeah, I should really go do that, like, I don't know, it's just, it was like something kind of surfacing in my mind all the time. And uh, I think I was about to go on a trip. Maybe, no, it was before I was on Almost. I think I was, I was about to go on a trip somewhere. And I remember mentioning to him and he was like, fuck dude, like you really gotta get here before the trip. Like you should do it sooner so we can get this video series out. Like I think it would be a great last trick, all this. And then he ended up like vocalizing it to these dudes at Adidas and they were like, yeah, sure. Like if it's for your video series, like we can get him out there. And so they got me a flight for the weekend and I was like, oh shit, it's on for real. Like, all right, yeah, let's do this, you know? And uh, I think I landed there like in the afternoon, like I want to say like 2.30, 3. Um, he picked me up and I was there for the weekend. I landed on like a Friday. Picked me up and we went to a warm-up spot. It was me, Jonathan Perez, uh, Drake Johnson, and Justin. And we went to some spot in the sunset and we were like warming up, skating flat. And he was like, what do you think? Like, should we just go over there and suss it out right now? And I was like, yeah, I mean, what, you know, whatever. Like it was about to be dark. It was like getting later in the day. And I want to say it was when the sun went down sort of earlier. And uh, I remember we got there and I was like, fuck dude. Like I literally just got off a plane. Like, I don't know how I guess ready I am to do this sort of thing. And uh, <laughs> we, I got there and I, like, I was like, well, fuck man. Like I'm as fresh as I'll be while I'm here. Like if we end up getting caught up in some sort of battle like the next couple of days or something and then want to come do it, like I might be a little more dust, you know? So I was like, no, maybe this is better. And then I actually think Thrasher posted all the attempts when, when the video came out. There was, it, I think it took me seven tries. What the it, fuck? it just, it didn't, it, dude, I got so lucky. It was crazy. Cause they were all pretty hairball. Like where I popped, where you, where you pop is like this, this uh, patch of like, little rocks and it's not rough but like it shakes you up right when you're about to pop because it's all really smooth 
until where you're about to pop and there's like this rumble patch like about the maybe like 20 inches so like a bit longer than your board so both your wheels sort of ride through it and then you pop Oh, fuck. Um, I remember the first handful of tries were just like shitty, like just super sketchy. I think maybe I stuck one, like Hail Mary one, just like kind of, just like, oh, fuck. Like I wouldn't even want him to roll away from that. You know what I mean? And then the one that hit me, when I, I remember so vividly in my mind, when I caught the one I rode away, it felt so crazy. Like I, I didn't feel any contact on my front foot. I only felt the contact on like the side of my back foot. And I remember thinking, I'm gonna commit to this and I might die because I didn't know where my board was. And then when I rode out and we played back the footage, I was like, dude, that was the craziest switch flip I've ever done in my life. And I was tripping <laughs> and, and it, it was like, I was like, what the fuck, dude? And like, we were all tripping because one, like I was sent there to do it and I literally did it like within three hours from getting off the fucking plane. And I didn't expect for that to happen. And yeah, it was like best case scenario all around. Like it wasn't really that punishing and, and I did the best switch flip I could say I, I could have done under those circumstances. Like I was tripping. That's the best. Big man thing, bruv, making it pop. Oh yeah. Justification for the vacation now. <laughs> I seriously think we just kept skating. I was like, fuck it. Now we just got bonus. Like we're just going to roll out some sort of bonus well, tricks. I'd have, I'd have flown straight to Hawaii after that. Dude, I was so stoked, dude. I was like, I don't know. I was just tripping. I was like, I, I couldn't believe that. I've never been put in that situation before. Like, you're going to get on this plane to go potentially hurt yourself, you know? So I was just kind of like, like on a mission, a one-trick mission. And it wasn't my own mission. If it were on me, I feel like I would have handled it better. But the fact that I was like, fuck, like. It's real pressure. It's on somebody else's, you know, like somebody else's kind of mm -hmm. like putting me in this situation. And, you know, it's, it's one of those situations that can make or break a situation you know and like to come out on yeah, top sure. i was like fuck man like i was so stoked john de lorenzo doing it big who de <laughs> who's that de <laughs> uh, okay so what's next for de oh uh, fuck dude i don't know almost we got some stuff in the pipeline with almost there's a there's a video that comes out pretty soon like it's I don't know when this comes out, but uh, should be within the next two weeks, I'd say. We're on Thrasher. It sh should be like a, a trip video and then sort of like a mashup of footage of me and some of the, the newer guys, some of the stuff yeah. in New York. Just kind of something that I think is supposed to, it's It's going to like show the whole team, you know? That's what's and, up. Uh, there's some stuff that we went on some trips up here that we're going to give some footage for that, but they have their eyes set on uh, more kind of like the, the style of like the uncrossed video. Like they want to do a, like whoever can, can come out with stuff on their own, like whoever can have the strong presence in the video, like, you know, the whole team representation, but whoever can come through sort of thing, like a full length style, you know? And, uh, Sick. That's supposed to be at the end of the year, so we're just trying, dude. I mean, I'm just—it's it's gonna be all John. Rondo P. Now yeah. we got we got some dudes, man. I don't know. It's it's gonna be crazy. I'm excited. I'm excited for people to see like the full representation of because I think everybody has. They think they understand what almost is today, but we have yet to like put out there the like current team, you know. So I think when all those dudes stand strong, it's gonna be like real eye opening for everybody, you know. For sure, y'all got some heavy hitters these days, man. Hype to peep it, man. Yuri's on one these days, too. 
Yeah, he's crazy, dude. Yo, 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 it's Rapid Fire with the Ghost. Once again, brought to you by the one and only Spitfire Wheels. This week, we talking Louis Lopez and his brand new Spitfire F4 Pro Classics hitting right now. You can grab them in 52 and 54 in your favorite classic shapes. Louis' beautiful wheels with the Doberman graphic can be found at finer shops such as 510, Labor, Slam, and finer shops worldwide. If your shop ain't got them in stock, it's time to give the owner a knock. Make sure you let them know you need them new Spitfire Louis. Oh, and make sure you check out Louis' new footage in Worldly Goods playing on Volcom's YouTube. All right, bruv, D-Lo, rapid fire, let's get it. <laughs> let's get it. <laughs> Favorite skater? Uh, Ryan Lay. Oh. Favorite video? Fully flared. Favorite video part? Um, Gilbert Crockett in Quasi's Mother video. Hell yeah. Favorite style? Max Gronzi. Which skater had the biggest influence on the way you skate? Eunice Imrani. Most talented skateboarder on planet Earth? Jamie Foy. Favorite trick? Kickflip. Hardest trick for you? Any trick on any kind of rail, at any, at any type. <laughs> but the, oh. Y'all could tell that from just, like, anyone can notice that. That shit ain't easy for me. I struggle. Yeah, you switch from board at a rail in one of your parts. I was like, oh, hell yeah. Yeah, I, I had to make a... I was turning pro. I had to make a point. <laughs> uh, most illegal trick? Uh, body burials. Favorite clip you've ever gotten? Probably that switch flip on the cathedral double. Yeah, you see Tom Knox did a crook back lip today? Classic. Yeah, oh, oh are you thinking of the, the illegal tricks or what, what was illegal it? trick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just yeah. on like a ledge, like a Tom ledge Knox rail. is doing it. You know, he can run it up. Yeah, I mean, he could do whatever he wants. Exactly. He's got that status. Exactly. That was still dusty. I don't know um, if he can do that. <laughs> yeah. Worst trend you've ever been a part of? I've ever been a part of the skinny jeans, for sure. Oh shit. <laughs> Gnarliest sure. trick you've ever witnessed? Ah oh, man, I watched Jamie front feeble El Toro. That's the first one that comes to mind. <laughs> wow, that'll do it. Oh, what's the one trick that got away? You guys might be familiar with this spot. You you guys remember that Element video? I think it was for the shoes. Element Trio, Daryl standing at a part. Um, Hell yeah. He his last trick. His last trick was uh, he switch ollied this thing. It's like a three stair with the bar, and then it drops into this parking yeah. lot. It's it's in it's in Long Beach. It's at the Long Beach airport. But I was on a mission. Kickflip Melon. What a kickflip Melon. Not you, sorry. I'm trying to remember his name. Legend on blind. Oh, this, this with the really good Aaron Artis. Aaron Artis kickflip Melon. Whoa, that's gnarly. Legend. That's wicked. Aaron Artis from Judge Judy fame. I was on a mission during the the filming of that boss fight video part i was trying to switch flip it and i went probably three times holy shit dude i went three times and i just couldn't in the beginning i was super confident and i was like all right yeah like this is going down like i'm gonna do this because i i just was 
I was like balls to the wall with it. I was like, I'm just going to go and get broke or land it and, you know, whatever. But it just is, it's so gnarly. The landing's uphill and like it's massive and like there's no way from walking away from that like without a crazy heel bruise for me. Every time I jump down it, I got a heel bruise like pretty fast. And I even, I skate with like good insoles in and I'm like, I, I went prepared and it happened to me every time. And I was like, dude, I just, I think I got to just let this one go. Like, I just can't, unless I just make it and, and seriously like three or four goes, it's the only way out of this live. Damn. So bro. that, yeah, that thing's huge. Like Desenzo frontside flipped it. Yep. And that's his like best huck trick. <laughs> like everyone's only done like their go-to. So that that's def I've never been there but I can only imagine how scary that thing is yeah I mean it's it's I don't know it's just big like I don't know I I think I every time went there with like I'm gonna do it today like I'm gonna do it and I stuck I stuck it but I just it's just the landings uphill and I was like dude this is just too brutal for me like I can't keep I can't keep limping home with heel bruises and like sitting on my ass for a month and a half like I just can't for sure um, well, good luck if you ever go back. Hope you stick that. Thanks, dude. Maybe it'll work out. What's the biggest bunt you've ever witnessed? Fuck, man. I had this one friend that was always claiming he was going to switch big spin. This, uh, You know that, that famous peach double set in Miami? It's like a four flat four. Everybody used to call it jungle. Yeah. I had this one homie that would always claim switch big mm-hmm. spin. And he like... And we're all we're just like, bro, there's no way. Like, there's no way. <laughs> and like... <laughs> that was like... Yeah, that was just little kid shit, though. You're like, bro, you're tripping. What's his name, yo? Uh, it's full George. He was in one of the Florida Days videos. I think he tried, but it was just he never really tried. Like, <laughs> George, it's not too late, bro, if you're listening. I don't know if he still skates, dude. I don't know. Oh, shit. Maybe it is too late. <laughs> Fuck. Oh. What's the last new trick you learned? Like a half-cap flip nose manual, I think. Oh, sick. Learned that trick the other oh, day. Yeah. I've been doing them. I never tried them before the other day, and I, they've been working. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm surprised you just learned that it seems like it would be in your realm of tricks, but better late than never. Now you can nollie yeah, backside I mean, flip out or something. Yeah, maybe one day. We'll see. We'll see where it takes me. Um, it seems like it would make more sense. I was just watching one of your many parts, and you did a kick nose manny nollie backside flip, so half cab flip in would probably work easier <laughs> shoulder wise anyways i'm just not good at half cab flip oh, i'm like really i'm not good at half cabbing like i'm just i struggle with that direction and like i don't know it's hard for me to have consistency and yeah that was I one thing i noticed i was like you front side half cab flip a lot switch backside a lot but i was like oh you don't really half cab flip and then right when i was thinking that you half cab flip to set a little one and then you've nolly front side flip the bigger set after Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking yeah. about. Little threes there. But that was probably the only time I've ever done that trick, Yeah, but no, I, I was stoked to see you mix it in because, like, <laughs> it was just different. Um, yeah, I had to get it in while I could. Yeah. Dream job after skating. Um, I don't know, dude. Maybe, like, working in skating some in some way. Not really... I'm not even sure. Like, team managing sounds like kind of crazy. Making hats, man. It'd be cool to maybe do art. Maybe do art for a brand or something would be rad, you know? Mm, that'd be sick. Hell yeah. Working in skating would be a blessing no matter what, you know? 
that shit would be rad. Sure. Favorite local brand? Five Six One Skate Shop. Favorite local skater? Jace DeDamaso from Jupiter, Florida. He rips. What's the one sponsor you regret riding for? <laughs> Damn. I feel like that one's a. I don't even know if I got to answer that one. I feel like it's it's obvious already. Five years. Oh. Five, man. Oh. <laughs> say say no more, man. Say no more. Like, Damn. can't you? Know, yeah, you gotta just you gotta just take that. Yeah. Feel you. Feel you. Favorite teammate ever. TT Gorman. Escape for almost with me. Worst teammate ever. I mean. TT could also be the worst teammate because he almost blew us up in Mexico <laughs> because he blew up all the fireworks in all of our faces and he almost blew us all up. Okay. So he's the best and the worst. There you go. <laughs> worst company. Uh, Karyuma. <laughs> oh! What? No hesitation. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I mean, dude, like, I feel like they've become... We've had so much goddamn Karyuma controversy I've, the last few weeks on this show. I, I feel like they've become the punching bag, but, like, I don't know. It's just, <laughs> like, it's just dude. the way it is, man. I don't know. It is what it is. Yeah. Um, they got some fucking big money behind them somehow. I mean... It's a fucking machine. It's, I know. It seems like more and more people be rocking them. There is an epic quote in Thrasher by Tim O'Connor, and he's like, he's like, uh, did did coronavirus just start its own shoe company? And no. it said <laughs> Tim O'Connor in regards to Karyuma. <laughs> Damn, that's cold. That was I've fucking never I haven't laughed that hard at like one of those quotes in so long. When I saw that, I was like, whoa, dude, that stupid leaf logo, man. <laughs> Anyways, worst trend. People thinking that not trying is what pro skating actually is. Like, not people not trying their best on purpose and, like, still expecting to be pro skaters because of it. Like, that drives me crazy. There's just, man, there's a lot of people, it, man. a lot of people that need to hear that, man, because I fucking hate that too. It, it drives, I'm like, I, I don't know. I'm always questioning. Stuff where because of that, I'm like, you you want to be a pro skater, right? Like, just try your hardest, you know. And like, yeah. there's people that are good, and they just there's this weird thing going on where everybody wants to show they're good, right? But they don't want to try too hard because then they look thirsty. So it's like this, like, I don't know, maybe I'm just old now or something. I just don't get it. I'm like, dude, just skate. You ain't old. Skating is. And they scared to try their hardest in case they fail, man. That's why. <laughs> yeah. Oh, for sure. Like, I get it at contests because that's a whole different realm. But like, for if it's your career and like street skating is where you you shine, then like you should never be too cool. Just give it your all, man. Like, yeah, you can't be too cool for this shit. To get to that level, you had to try your ass off along the way, right? So, why is it that now that you're there, all of a sudden you're too cool to try? It's I feel you, man. That shit's frustrating. Yeah, it bums me out, man. I'm like, I mean, shit. It's it's gotta count for something at the end of the day. Being a hardworking skateboard has gotta count for something. So, worst style, dudes with fucking contest skate park style. I don't know who's that. Uh, Ivan Montero, maybe that dude. <laughs> dude, that, <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> there's a bunch. There's a lot like that, you know. But he's just the first one that came to mind. So him. I, I'm not. Right. Is that the Perfect. only person? Is that the person who does like 
three flip crooks tricks out flip tricks out I think he does like a lot of 270 like back three lips yeah. back three outs and oh, okay. tray flip lips and yeah yeah I think uh, I think I know what you're talking about and I feel yeah, definitely you know, yeah you know what I'm talking about it's just <laughs> I'm sorry man last but not least last person you want on the sesh fuck dude anyone that's gonna make a session all about them anyone that's gonna just put themselves above the squad that shit's whack dude i don't even got any thankfully i don't got anyone specific to say but like i've been around some some crews where people want to act so like keep that shit out of here dude 100 percent. definitely all know someone like that so (laughs) (laughs) anyone rocking karyuma shoes man (laughs) yeah you out of here fuck man shane all right y'all that's gonna wrap up our interview did you just say shane <laughs> jesus christ our bo- that's no. gonna wrap up our interview with d-lo dude don't do shane like that man shane eldridge sir dude. no just because i just so d-lo doesn't think we're talking about shane hale who we love our boy <laughs> our boy here in in toronto shane doing it big karyuma style <laughs> Oh shit! Oh yeah, he's on Karyuma. Oh shit, bro! So now we're taking jobs at the bros. Karyuma and uh, Barrick skateboards. Fuck man! And uh, that was my Fireball. that was gonna be my B option sponsors. was the 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 fucking bright skateboards or, or heart supply or any of those like all that would have been my B option. Yeah. Yeah. It's all the same. <laughs> all right, D. Well, that's gonna wrap up the interview, man. Thank you for. Uh, for coming on the pod dog yeah dude thank you guys for having me this shit's sick keep doing what you guys are doing it's epic oh yeah thanks bro thank you you are now tuned into the post office brought to you by our good friends over at dickie skateboarding quality workwear since 1922 from the work site to the streets ain't nobody got you suited like dickies man ghost who we got up first you've got mail yo first up we got a voice note from uh mr dion bricker let's see what's good what's up bunt boys it's your boy dj condom longtime listener In your episode with Tommy Sandoval, he said Nike could be getting rid of their skate program. What if all big companies got rid of their skate programs? Who do you think would go where? Shout out to the Fuck Yins crew and Snack Skateboards. Dion, that's a hell of a question, man. And it makes me think about the times when we were in high school wearing Lakai's, iPaths, fucking Vans, obviously. But simpler times back then before all the big companies moved in. Who would end up where, man? Should we just pick one guy from Nike, Adidas, and Converse and find them a new home ghost? Yeah, it's in present time. Yeah, present time. Who you want to take from Nike? And put on Lakai? No, put him on whatever. Let's just but, pick a guy from Nike and find him a new home. But does it have to be a smaller brand? Was that the thing? Yeah, it has to be a core brand. A Jeff Smith-style core brand. <laughs> Let's go with iShot, man. Let's find Aishad a new home. A new core home, dog. That's tough these days, man. Yeah, I'd throw... You could put him on Vans. There, easy. A shot on Vans. That would actually be dope as fuck. 
All right, pick someone on Adidas, and I'll find them a new home. Booznitz. Booznitz? I'll have to put that man on carry you my shoes, dog. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm just playing. Booznitz? You know, this is hard, man. Maybe S? Could you find a, a, a pair or two he could fuck with on S, maybe? Or DC? Is S or DC for Booznitz? I can see that. And then... um. Let's do, uh, let's find Bobby DeKaiser a new home from Converse, man. Just throw his ass back on DC, man. DC or Globe, you know? Him and uh, Austin Gillette, actually, the yeah. rebranding of Globe. <laughs> yeah, actually, no, I could see him on Etnies. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that was tough, man. Let's keep it moving. All right, next up, we got an email from Matt Miller. Yo, what up, bunt boys? Is Ryan Sheckler's El Toro backside flip claim the highest profile bunt of all time? Are there any other high profile bunts the world should be aware of? Didn't he land on it? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't think I don't think the attempts. I don't think it was a bunt because if he did land on it, which I think he did, that's not really a bunt. But yeah. claiming that he did it was the biggest bunt of all time. Like with a straight face to Phelps or whatever. As bad as it gets. Yeah, that was insane. Uh, another high profile bunt. Maybe that board slide in the credits of Dying to Live on the chain thing. Oh. That was like so was sick, fucked. but definitely was not happening. Yeah. I mean, the highest profile bunt of all time is Matt Schlager's Ollie the Double. In yeah. The ring, man. Yeah. Yeah. He had no business. That was some jackass shit. <laughs> yeah, that was insane. So viral, like in the early days of virality. <laughs> That's the word. Uh, English, baby. Yeah. All right. Thanks for the email. Next up, we got an email from Michael Hickey. Regarding the rapid fire question, most illegal trick, I'm waiting to hear the hippie jump. Yet, to my knowledge, no one has mentioned it. Personally, there's nothing more whack than that circus trick. If you can't ollie over it, move on. What are your opinions? Thanks. Man, I actually agree. Like, who the hell wants to see a hippie jump in a fucking part? Have you seen one that you're, you're like, oh, damn, that was a sick hippie jump? The only one I ever liked was Tom Penny 360 hippie jump. But the clip wasn't even like that sick i just really liked the photo i'm pretty sure there was a photo in transworld back in the day it was like a video radio tour article and like it was muska tom penny jamie thomas chris cole maybe i can't remember but it was just like such a legendary article and tom penny's just like mid 360 in like an airport or something or a train station it just looked really cool but that's literally the only one so drop one. the hammer down, man. Illegal or not? Oh, yeah. Illegal as fuck. I do them sometimes when I'm warming up just to like, you know. You do? I dumb bat. <laughs> do a little get 181 the over the, bar, over the <laughs> flat bar. I got to get that clip, man. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, I'm going to go with illegal too, man. I can't stand seeing them. All right. Next up, we got an email from Andrew Ferguson. Yo, what's good, the bunt? We out here in Denver saying what's good. First, I want to shout out my homies who I work with who put me on 
I've been hooked and y'alls are what keeps me happy and gets me through the workday. I'm 18 and I've already been through three ACL reconstruction surgeries and for a long time I felt like my whole skate career has been parked and I've been working my ass off to get back. Shit has me mad unmotivated. What I want to ask is do you guys have anything y'all do to keep in shape and make your body feel good enough to skate? Trying to eat healthy and shit is kind of hard recently. Getting my own place and sometimes funds are low, you feel me? Any pointers and outside opinions would help and I'd love to hear. Thanks, geez. Also, thank you guys for getting me stoked on skating, educating me, and being an influence. Mad love. Sending love from the mile high. Also, shout out Crisis Skate Shop. Rest in peace. Imaj Skate Shop, Chad Lewis, Fuzz, Colt, and shout out the trendy Insta Skater haters. Fuck that shit. Go film a part in the streets with your homies. Fuck Instagram. Woo-hoo! Get it off your chest, boy. Damn. Andrew, That's what's up. I'm feeling. I feel where you're coming from right now. Uh, I deleted Instagram a couple weeks ago. Feels good. Uh, I'm also injured right now, and I'm actually trying something to not get fat as well. So I'll pass that on. Uh, I've been doing that intermittent fasting shit for the last two weeks. So that's when you eat. I don't know if I'm doing it right. Just what my buddy said, but you eat eight hours a day and then fast for 16. So I'm like, I start eating at noon, go till 8 p.m., rinse and repeat Monday to Friday, and then weekends off, eat whenever. And uh, I don't know if I'm losing weight, but I'm not getting fatter, which is nice because I can't do anything cardio-wise right now or skate or anything. So. Maybe give that a try. Uh, I'm sorry to hear about your knees, but keep fighting. You're you're fucking young, so you got a long, long way ahead of you in the skate game. So uh, keep your head up, dog. Thanks for the email, Andrew. Uh, hopefully next time we hear from you, you're shredding. Next up, we got an email from Steve Gurney. What's up, Bunt Gang? The whole show is a vibe, especially those hella steezy instrumentals. Can I get a shout out to the Crawley Skaters? curb club and all the uk mandem my question is how do you feel about slappies and lines and when are you gonna get my man's john shanahan on the show my guy's got the juice eh slappies and lines it's uh i actually don't mind it when it's like um spur of the moment yeah yeah exactly like someone does something down a double and they're filming the right away and then they just hit the slappy who was it i think it was uh David Loy ollied some huge gap and tried to slap you a curb and <laughs> fucked up and went flying into the bush. Like, yeah, that was you know, sick. doesn't always have to be a success story, man. But slappies at the end of a line, sure. If it's like, I feel like in the last couple of years, the whole slappy thing has gotten kind of crazy, man. People filming actual tricks on slappy curves and shit. John Shanahan, yo, let's make it happen. I have his number. I've been hitting him up, but he got me on ice, dog. Oh, true. Yeah, I also support the spontaneous slappy in a line. But I also do support the old man or old woman slappy. You know what I'm saying? These knees and ankles and shit. Can't be popping onto ledges forever. Thanks for the email, Steve. Next up, we got an email from Tony Corrales. Yo, what's good, y'all? First off, thanks for the pod. Finally got through the whole jam through the break. Shit's amazing. I'm currently training for the Chicago Marathon and was thinking if there would be new episodes out by then. Pretty sure there will be. When was this? 
June 22nd. Sorry, dog. We probably let you down <laughs> because I'm definitely going to run some of the episodes during the run. Anyways, is there any sport that you've done some serious training for or would train for? Shout out to my girl Jasmine and the team at Bure Burer Big Tune. Not now. Definitely ain't doing no serious training now. Maybe when we were younger, some the ghost excelled at basketball. I was really into hockey. Took that shit pretty serious. But but not now, man. Now I'm doing serious training for taking my son to the public pool. <laughs> That's about it, G. The only thing I ever remember actually like seriously putting in that work for, I failed. It's, it, I mean, it wasn't a bummer because I was like, it was when we were in school, and then I went to I went to university after, and I couldn't skate because I was waiting for my first ankle surgery, but I could play basketball a hundred percent, and like I knew I wasn't gonna have my surgery for a few months still, so I just went crazy training to try and make the varsity basketball team, uh, which was definitely a long shot, but. That was the last time I was like going to the gym, getting up like hundreds of shots a day and like tricked myself into believing it might happen. And then I got to the last round of cuts at the tryout and uh, just I couldn't cut it, man. And they fucking, oh. they, well, they already like scouted this kid Arun. And uh, so it was one of those ones where it's like they already knew who they were, they were like picking. You know what I'm saying? They but, put the work in on the kid. Yeah, I mean, it, it was whatever. Fuck, had my ankle surgery, got back into skating. I wasn't, like, butthurt or anything. Just had to dominate intramurals. You get me. These days, the only sport I will consider training for is Zorb soccer, man. <laughs> I've got a big loss we need to avenge, and uh, my team, the Monstars, uh, we got to take down your little... Uh, I was one of my greatest bro. sports accomplishments of all time. You know what I would like to have happen on the show is to take the favorite sports moment to a more personal level. <laughs> I want to hear more like a personal sports victory or story rather than, you know, uh, Michael Jordan was my favorite. Like we need to, I want to hear about something in school, you know, some dodgeball shit where you hit someone in the head to win the game. <laughs> Classic. All right. Next up, we got an email from Josh Lavrov. Would you rather have really bad style or style that everyone can tell is fake? Also, sorry, Seifa, for the long-winded email last season. <laughs> Yo, man, them came in with a two-liner. I love it. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> That's a really sick question, too. That's an easy one. I just rather have bad style because who's why is it bad? Who's it bad in comparison to everyone, you know? Having fake style is as bad as it gets, man. So I'm going with bad style. Yeah, big style is worse than bad. It would have right? been. It would have been. No, you know what? If he reworded it slightly, it would have been like a really much tougher question to answer. Would you rather have bad style, or would you really, or would you rather have really good style that you know is fake, but no one else knows is fake? You know what I mean? You're just living that. But life. like the only thing you can fake is like the after effect. Yeah. Yeah, anyone can tell that's fake. You can't hide that. I mean, I'm sure you could fake the mid effect too. Like, think I'd about have think Spanish about doing Mike like style. Think about just doing like a nolly nose Manny, and like when you're in the Manny, you can just start. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that dumb, the dumb control, like just fall asleep. That's a good question, but I'm going with bad style over fake. 
You? <sighs> Bruv, you know, you know we don't take kindly to fake motherfuckers out here. I'd rather have bad style too. The motherfuckers fake as hell. <laughs> Last up for this week. Sorry, we're still working on catching up from the off season, but we'll try and get to every single one. We got Kenny Robinson with another concise email, bro. Let's get it. I'm gonna keep it. I'm gonna keep it short and sweet for you, blood. Am who should be pro and pro who should be am. Feel free to use that in the rapid fire, cuz. Oh damn, that's some shots. Am who should be pro. It's I don't even know who's am anymore because everyone. I think they're all pro. Yeah. Uh, do we have any man am homies? Hugo's pro in Montreal. <laughs> oh, Mitch. Mitch B. In my heart, he's pro. I would have his board on my wall in an instant. Yeah. Um, I'll say Cody Brown, dog. T-Dot Legend. Should have had his time. Yeah. Some motherfucker stunted his shine, though. <laughs> Save that story for another day. Yeah. Um, pro who should be am. This is where it gets interesting. Who are we trying to knock down a notch? Oh, you know what? Let me say one more am who should be pro, but it's a little complicated. Grant Patterson should have been turned pro by blind way before yes. it happened with Red Star. Like, he was the man big time. And uh, I think it sucks that he never got to go pro for blind in his prime because he was seriously he could have carried that company at the time he was so influential and i don't know if i don't think it's just to us canadians who grew up around him and like i feel like he really had uh an international presence too Mm -hmm. oh man this is like outside of skating but after his little rant a couple weekends ago at the Wu-Tang concert. Y'all should take Joey Brzezinski's board away for that shit, man. <laughs> Fucking hell, dog. How, get yourself a glass of water, brother. Uh, I missed that one. But... Uh, oh, yeah, you showed me that. <laughs> Bro, I'm so out of the loop off Instagram. It's crazy. It's kind of dope, yo. I was at the cottage for the weekend, and there's absolutely no service at this place. You can, like, try and fight for uh, one bar if you, like... S- stand in a certain spot like in yeah. the driveway and I, you know that you're just like oh fuck that shit yeah and it felt great man it felt absolutely great yeah, it's nice to disconnect um all right we'll leave it at that jo- what you go- Joey shut Brzezinski. the fuck up don't be soft man pick I one i can't think of one i'm drawing a blank over here i'll just double up with uh joey brzezinski Thanks for your emails, y'all. Keep them coming. Yeah, you should have said Paul Hart because he's in that video too. <laughs> All right, keep getting your emails and voice notes into the buntlive at gmail.com. We're trying to hear from y'all. This is the Rundown, the skateboard world source for sports, brought to you by Steam Whistle, Canada's premium pilsner, the only buzz. Last week, we hit y'all with that QB and tight end, top five, sleepers, value picks, and everything in between. And this week, we go on running back and wide receiver. Top five running backs, man. Let's hear it. Shit, man. I love me some CMC. That's my dog. But uh, don't even act like you're going to do something different than CMC at one. 
bro. I'm just gonna go with Dalvin Cook just just because he's fucking right there too, man. And uh, have you ever and, owned Dalvin Cook? Nah, maybe I will this year. We'll see what happens. Let's see how these drafts shake out. But I don't know. I just don't know what to expect with Sam Darnold. Uh, I hope they pop off. And don't worry, I got CMC at number two. But I just think if Dalvin stays healthy, we saw it last year he was just a certified beast as per usual. Expecting more of the same. CMC at two. I'm going to go King Henry at three. Also, we're talking non-PPR just for everyone out there. I got Kamara at four. And then just to mix it up a little bit, I'm off Zeke, man. He fucking betrayed me last year so still got that bad taste in my mouth i know he lost weight and he's fucking talking a big game and shit but uh let's go with mr gadget man antonio gibson at five he oh, ended last year on the heater man <laughs> Yeah, i just i just think washington's offense is going to be better all around and gibson 100 percent I mean, he's still figuring out the running back position or whatever, but uh, he seemed to fucking figure it out pretty damn well last year. So with a full offseason to, you know, really get it under his belt, um, expecting big things from the homie. Dude, I heard one of the coaches on Washington compare Antonio Gibson to CMC, and that was enough for me, man. <laughs> yeah, and he's with Ron Rivera. Must own, baby. Like, CMC's <laughs> career year was with Ron, right? So That's a must-own man right there, Antonio Gibson. But Dalvin Cook, you said, if he stays healthy, never played 16 games in his life, man. So uh, that's a big if. I owned him last year, cruised the whole way. He wasn't there when I needed him most. So True. Sad. But the guy will break one off for 80 and a TD almost every week, which is great to watch. But I've been through the pain with guys like that before. I had Melvin Gordon multiple years in a row. And whenever you needed him most, yeah. he was not there. And uh, Dalvin Cook's fantasy career is shaping up to be uh, similar. So at number one, I'm going CMC locked and loaded. I need that man at at least one league. I want to enjoy the show. Number two, I'm going Zeke. You're off him. I'm on. Slim down Zeke. The offense is ready. Last year, they were supposed to be the juggernaut. Sometimes it takes that one extra year, man. Let's see what Zeke says. Tony Pollard, you know, he's a good run back too, but I just think they love Zeke down there in Dallas. Three, I'm going Nick Chubb. I was a little worried about Remo to begin with, but you see Nick Chubb out there, man. He's different. Four, King Henry. Five, Dalvin, man. Left Kamara off the top five. Hard to do, but I just don't know about Jameis, man. They going to get... Uh, what's that other guy's name? What's the other quarterback tight end's name? Taysom, Taysom Hill. Hill. They going to be doing some dumb shit with him. Kamara. I just, it sads me, but left him off the list. I thought the whole thing they were trying to like drill into Jameis's head is to check it down. <laughs> and... Since he locked down the starting job, I'm guessing that kind of went into his brain. So we'll see. Uh, yeah, Kamara's just a hard guy to bet against, man. When he fucking has one of those days, like, man, that six-touchdown game last season. <laughs> Would not stop scoring touchdowns. He's the steeziest running back in the league, hands down. That whole top tier, even into what they're calling is the second tier. Like, those guys, like, they got Saquon at the bottom of the second tier. Like, two years ago, Saquon was the number one pick in fantasy. 
yeah. just think there's so much parity in the running back position, similar to the quarterback, man. Like, he just wasn't inside my top five. Who is a running back that you would absolutely love, love to steal in the second round? Outside of Antonio Gibson. Second round, guys, there's not too many. Like, they're mostly first round, but probably... Who's even in there? Fuck. There's like a drop-off. It's all receivers. Uh, I guess I'd take a flyer on Najee Harris. You know how Pittsburgh like likes to fucking run their mans into the ground? And Big he's a rookie. Coming. He's a rookie, so he can probably handle the workload. Other than that, I don't know. I had Eckler last season. It's, it's really sometimes hard to get that bad taste out of your mouth. Like he was in my IR almost all year anyone who had him last year remembers the frustration so probably not going back to the well on Eckler round two Antonio Gibson or Najee Harris that's who I would want if I'm grabbing a, a receiver in the first round especially that would be great I'll give you two clusters Austin Eckler Clyde Edwards Hilaire Joe Mixon you got to pick from those three guys for your RB2 which of the three you taking and Joe Mixon, he's so polarizing. Like, why? Well, I don't know why. Every year it's like, yo, this is his year, and then he sucks, but he has like a couple good games, and you're like, <laughs> and now they got Joe Burrow healthy, hopefully. Uh, I don't know about, yo, I just have a problem with drafting guys one year after an ACL or Achilles. So I'm, I remember seeing that Joe Burrow's still a little hesitant with the knee, might be staying off him, and just the Bengals in general this season at least if i had to pick one of those three what was it eckler mixon and ceh wow i've never had mixon so i might roll the dice on mixon even though i just said i'd stay off Bengals. like ceh pissed me off last year but and it's way better value now for yeah CEH. yeah much better value uh maybe i'd go back to eckler i don't know those are three guys that i'm not really grabbing in any mock drafts all right, say you miss on those three, you take a wide receiver there. Comes back around, you need your RB2, and now you're staring down the barrel of Chris Carson, David Montgomery, and Josh Jacobs. Man, I was taking JK there, my guy. RIP your knee. Hopefully you come back better than ever next year. Probably just go back to my main man, Chris Carson. I've always been a fan. It's annoying because he he's, misses games, but fucking... I don't know when he's out there he's he's got a pretty high floor i feel like so say there in the third round you skip on those three guys you, you take a high level tight end comes back around you might have to pick between miles sanders daryl henderson mike davis dude i'm taking a receiver man fuck them boys <laughs> <laughs> oh shit daryl henderson mike davis two of the scariest picks in fantasy football this year man yeah, well, Daryl Henderson, it's already like they got Sony in the building. So what do you, you can grab him late and maybe he ends up being like a fucking steal if Henderson's hurt and he's always hurt. So and Mike then, Davis ain't built the last either. Yeah, Mike Davis fell off a cliff. Like he was so hot the first few weeks CMC was out. And then when it was like, all right, what? I'm actually the fucking man here. I can't handle this shit. And he fucking sucked for the rest of the season. So, you keep skipping on those guys. You take a wide receiver. You might end up with Gaskins and Damian Harris as your running backs. What do you do then? 
Yo, Damian Harris is about to lead the league in rushing. <laughs> and uh, Gaskin, I don't fucking know what he's going to do. But uh, hopefully Malcolm he's about Brown to lead goes the away. league in, in laps run in practice, man. <laughs> uh, let's move on to wide receivers. Top five. Let's go. I'm going number one, Devontae Adams. Need him. Him and Aaron Rodgers. Last season together. It's just glory. You ever own Devontae Adams, you know what a beautiful show they put on. Two, I'm going to have two and three. It's a tie. I'm probably not going to draft either of them because I this year I'm liking the running backs in round one and two. But Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs, I got them, you know, two, two A, two B. Four, Calvin Ridley. Five, Terry McLaurin. You said it about Washington's offense, man. Terry McLaurin's prime to, to break out in a huge way. Value picks, I'm going Cooper Cup. And Odell Beckham Jr., man. you I think that's the biggest value in all of fantasy football this year. Odell? Yeah, with, with that shit, like I said, <clears throat> I always give players uh, at least one full year. They have a year to get back from their ACL, and then that first year back, I'm not touching them. So I'm off Odell. But uh, number one, Devontae Adams. That's my guy. Like, favorite wide receiver to watch. He's like smooth Kenny G, but just like the Super Saiyan version. Just makes it look too easy. You're, sometimes you're just like, wait, how is he wide open right now? He's not even like the fastest guy. He's just fucking so smooth and like shifty. Devontae, I'm going to go with Calvin Ridley because I think he might, if Matt Ryan and him uh, can keep it going, like he might lead the, the fucking league in receiving. And if he steps his touchdowns up, he might be number one overall. So we'll see. Fingers crossed for me because I have him in a league. Tyreek Hill, number three. And then I want to believe in D-Hop. I want to I believe he still has it, but I'm going to go Justin Jefferson, four, and DK Metcalf, five, and then D-Hop, six. You got a lot of love for the Seahawks and Russell Wilson taking those keys, eh? Yeah, yo, DK, DK like started off on a heater last year and then kind of like tailed off, but uh, I don't know. He just, it, it looks unfair sometimes watching him fucking, remember when he caught that dude on the pick? Oh, that was crazy. That poor guy. So how many fantasy football drafts you got this year? Three. Who's one guy you're getting in every week? I'm trying not to do that because... I mean, there's some guys that I'm sure I'll double up on, but I'm trying. Last year, I fucked myself by my teams were too similar. And I swear, I just like bought all the DJ Moore hype before the season. Mm. And I think I was taking him in round two, maybe round three. I can't remember. And uh, it backfired heavy, man. You had a lot of Miles Sanders last year, too. Yeah, I had a lot of Miles Sanders and DJ Moore. Like, I had both of them in... I think I might have had DJ Moore in three leagues. No, two. And Miles Sanders in two of three leagues as well. Um, always have too much Cooper Cup. Uh, and, yeah, I just I just realized, man, I got to fucking spread the love. Because if you're wrong, it just burns you even harder. If you're right, obviously. Like, I remember two years ago, I, I had CMC for his career year. And then in that other league... 
you were like just take Zeke instead like mix it up and I did and that was PPR and I but no Zeke was the whole season I think it was uh someone had taken CMC or who was going first that year Quan it no, was Saquon yeah I could have so taken it was CMC or Zeke I took Zeke like second or third I believe in Zeke man I believe the best is yet to come for Ezekiel Elliott. You didn't have him last year, man. That was sad times. I mean, it wasn't all his fault, but even before Dak went down, like, I just remember he was, like, such a scary, unstoppable force, like, his two first seasons, and he hasn't been I'm digging quite it. the same. Yeah, good I luck. Need, I need him. Any last words for people doing their fantasy football drafts this week? <sighs> Draft as close to the beginning of the actual season as you can. If you have a draft set up in the next little bit, just fucking try and push it back to like one, two, three days before the season starts because Russ Milligan just drafted J.K. Dobbins a couple days ago, man. That shit sucks. Nothing worse, man. All right, y'all. That's going to wrap up the Bunt episode two. We'll catch y'all next week. Peace. Peace.